Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. With Dara Captain Brunch here. Destiny Frazier. I swear to God, this boss fight known as 2020 just gets nuttier and nuttier. Two hurricanes at the same time and an asteroid point the day before the president's election. Really? Yeah. They need to remake the SimCity games to add more natural disasters. We might be the SimCity game at this point. We are the game. That's how it starts, right? Simulation. Simulation. You guys put up with us all weekend for this wonderful SummerSlam 2020, and I gotta say I am grateful to have you all here, not just tonight, but this entire weekend, just because, again, going back to what we spoke about a few days ago, we didn't even know where the hell we were going to be when we were watching WrestleMania. The world was in a much different state, and even though we're not out of the woods by any means yet, it felt good for something to feel a little bit more normal, and uh I will boastfully say we have not missed a single Monday or post-show throughout this entire thing. We operated with business as usual. There were no changes here, no adjustments, and that's just the way I like to do things. So, yeah, tonight we'll try to talk about some regular wrestling news. I'm all pay-per-viewed out, guys, so it won't be a long one. There's no birthdays, there's no anniversaries, there's no milestones, there's no special stuff. We do have a poll at the end of the night, though. So, believe it or not, even though we just finished pay-per-view Sunday... We have payback coming up, so we got the polls already ready for the next thing. All the matches are in, and as usual, matches will be added throughout the week and timestamps, so you can go back, vote more than once, because uh, you don't have to vote on the same matches. Just skip the ones that you already did, and it will keep up, and it all tallies at the end, as you guys saw this past week. Also, don't forget, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, any of those platforms, um, iHeartRadio, we have visuals. You can see the videos that we're running and everything. So go to twitch.tv slash talkbrunch or our facebook.gaming.com slash gaming slash talkbrunch. Either one of those would do it. So I know some people, most of our demographic seems to be just the audio, but still trying to push those videos out there. They out there. Yeah, right. They out there. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, there's been some interesting developments in the world of DC that connect to our wrestling friends. And yeah. uh, one of those things from what I've heard and I have not seen yet, but John Cena has apparently been cast as Peacemaker in the upcoming Suicide Squad uh, film, right? Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in this kind of role before, so be different yeah definitely well anyway let's see what the trailer is here i think we got it on the old brunch tron just gotta bring it up on the screen where everything's still warming up it's an old muffler here we go you know the deal successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you're my dream you're my nightmare life is a dream you don't fight welcome to sports x these are your brothers and sisters for the next few days girl that plays uh what's her name x23 
That would be weird, right? We have really all armor with these things. It could not have been. I mean, it's just going by so fast. I don't know. King Shark. Melee. Have you seen this already? Uh, no, I haven't seen. I haven't seen this oh, trailer yet. I've heard about name from uh, the, the USA show, the drug show. Oh, uh, Queen of the South. Order. Queen of the South. Oh yeah, I got Nathan Fillion too. Wow, holy shit! Uh, yeah, everybody in here. There's a huge. They fucking around with this one. Lots of people in this. And of course, there is John Cena. Very interesting. They didn't show a lot of movie stuff, but they did show off. Uh, do get the idea and that's going to be in theaters what are your thoughts seeing that i mean that whole uh, point of it was john cena but damn yeah there's a big cast in there right right i mean you just they whipped out all the big guns okay yeah i mean it looks like it I could be cool. at it. Look yeah, no complaints here from what we saw i'm gonna share with you guys anyone from the uh, audio only demographic it will now be on whatever platform you are on yeah that's a lineup for you boys and girls yeah not bad, not bad. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. But there's also apparently a suicide game. Of course, these things are, are practically timed nowadays, right? <laughs> you get all that money in. And Samoa Joe was cast in that as King Shark. That's a pretty cool role for him. Like, I feel like he'd fit that role nice. Mm-hmm. And no, not because he's Samoan. <laughs> what does I have to do with him being a shark? I mean, you know, some people out there, oh, he's Samoan, so you think he's a shark. What? No, no. I don't know. I've never heard that connection, but sure, I'll take you'd be, it. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised that she had some people to reach for. So this is the game trailer, I guess, we're looking at here. Oh, yeah, I remember Seth mentioned this to me. People who made Batman Arkham made this game. That's a good song. Rocksteady, yeah, of course. No bebop. Oh, ha, ha, womp, womp. See what you did there. <laughs> Let's run down those way to talk over it a bit. I've got eyes on the target. So this is made essentially the same way the Batman Arkham games are made, right? Like you're more or less uh, open world. I mean, that's, I've heard yeah. some things about this. I didn't realize that this is what we would be watching. But yeah, it's apparently open world the way the Batman games are. But without Batman, Suicide Squad. I don't get like market saturation from this. I know most people won't, but I'm I'm kind of already getting a little bit burnt out on the Harley Quinn stuff. I know now I'm gonna get hate mail for that shit, but I just feel like there's a lot of Harley Quinn stuff right now. You know, there's more there's more Harley Quinn stuff now than there was Betty Boop's shit when she was popular. Oh shit! <laughs> you know, Australian for hangover. I believe I can translate. Boomerang has a concussion. Oh, so that's Joe? From the oh, he sounds so good. <laughs> Guess those teeth are sharper than your eyes, Shark Man. I never, you never miss. miss. Never miss. Yeah, yeah, we bloody know. You never shut up about it. <laughs> Task Force X. Alpha target is in the open. Get your asses to the Metropolis Grand Hotel and engage. 
for I have another reason to blow those bombs in your heads. Yeah. I'm getting there real over the top, man. Huh? Oh God. It suddenly went into Overwatch mode. Like one minute we were watching uh, Suicide Squad, and I was like half Fortnite, half Overwatch. You say Overwatch? I I instantly thought to Sunset Overdrive. Good lord. I, I would like to see some gameplay to get an idea of uh, what the hell's going on. That's one thing lately, and that's the reason we don't cover E3, aside from the fact that it doesn't exist anymore, and due to the fact that there was a global pandemic, most of that shit is gone. But we wouldn't have covered it anyway, and that's because of the fact that most of the, tra the trailers nowadays, it's all, none of it's in-game, you know, even though it's clever and quirky and stuff. It's not in-game stuff. Yeah. Kind of gets on my nerves. I'm still gonna play it. I mean, we stream everything on here for those of you just sit here on Mondays, but for the sake of just having it on the stream, I'll try it. But I'm just saying, I would have liked to see some gameplay. Is that Superman that shows up? Look, it's Superman. The mighty Superman has just rescued that pilot. What a show off. Phoenix Spandex! We're on a top secret assassination mission here! No. No. Ah! Well, is it that Superman? Yeah, you don't have to deal with that. It's Blue Ball Superman. So, figure out who we're killing yet? Oh, wow. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Done that shock. Wow. Yeah, that's a bad move. It's 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 so hard for writers when it's when you do try to do that, like street level uh villains or opponents against Superman. Like you'd be so fucked if you had to face Superman. You know, there's very little that you can do that would be okay. Cause there's a good chance you do not have kryptonite on you. Yeah, and even if you did, that just gives you somewhat of a fighting chance. You'd have to have kryptonite on you and fight like Batman. It wouldn't just be like kryptonite. Like you could just blow that shit in his face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you're fucked in so many ways. That's why a lot of people don't like the character because they kind of make him corny. But I don't, I disagree because I've always said it's not like he goes after people that are at street level. Like he's usually fighting people that would usually justify the necessity of there being a Superman. No different than Goku. You know what I mean? If you look at Dragon Ball, like it's like, you would say that Goku's kind of corny because if he punched a regular guy, he's dead. But how often is he punching regular guys? Generally, whoever shows you know up, it's like, it's more like a good thing Goku's there. I kind of look at Superman the same way, where it's like, sure, if you compare him to all the other people, just because he happens to exist in a world where there are other superheroes. But whenever he's fighting people, they also fly and shoot beams and have powers and usually can take a pretty bad beating. And yeah, for the most part, if you look at the, 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 the win-loss streak, he winds up winning, but it doesn't always look that way, certainly, each time. But, I mean, you could say that in any hero comic, you know? Yeah, pretty much. But, like, it was it never is that one-sided. Yeah, I always felt like that he gets, like, a lot of, you know, f like, heat for that, in a way, you know? Where it's just like, but he's fighting super villains. That's why there are super villains. It's, that's, an, that's an okay thing to have. Yeah, but somebody always needs something to complain about, it seems. Yeah, exactly. That looks good too. Whatever, whatever they're gonna do there, I mean, they didn't give us too much gameplay, but I'm just gonna assume that that is good enough. 
So we spoke last night about Sonia Deville and the situation with her. And I, I don't really think that anything's been confirmed. There's just been more speculation that what's happening is because of the fact that this stalker guy uh, made her decide that she could use a break from uh, the business in general, which totally to me makes sense, assuming that that's what it is. But there was a lot of legal news about him. PW Insider was saying that uh, the, there was the, apparently the public defender decided to use his Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. So uh, that's the guy, I guess. Yeah, I guess so, so. he's just not saying anything. And he just doesn't want to talk. Can't they like take him into like that interrogation room and kick his ass like they're supposed to? Be? <laughs> like, I know that's not just on TV. Well, you know, nowadays from somebody show with a hashtag freaking justice for public defender number two. Yeah, justice when the cameras aren't looking. Right. You know what I mean? So if that camera goes off, fuck it. You know, we got an EMP somewhere in, in the general area. <laughs> Some shit happens. <laughs> We were using it for something else. We were testing equipment. And the equipment malfunctioned. And when lights came back on, it was fucked up. So they trip over a wire or something. But he confessed to everything. He confessed that he was stalking Sonia and how he did it. I hate the fact that they catch the guy and you do have the right to remain silent. Never really think anyone's going to use that. That's just like the parlay in Pirates of the Caribbean. Whenever someone uses it, the cop will be like, oh, <laughs> shit. Really? I forgot you even had that. <laughs> yeah, like it's so cheesy. Remaining silent, little bastard. So she gets a temporary injunction against him. And then later this month, they'll make that injunction permanent. And uh, apparently, I don't think he's allowed to post bail. But like we talked about a little bit before, uh, he used to send her messages and all these other things. But she didn't know about them. Uh, anyone who uses Twitter knows this. If you don't, if someone follows you and you don't follow them back, depending on the way your privacy settings are, it doesn't go just to like a direct folder that would notify the person. They literally have to look in like a folder that's labeled other, which a lot of us don't even get to that folder very much. As a matter of fact, I haven't looked in my other folder in months. So I apologize for anyone who's given me stuff. And actually, you know what? I correct myself. A couple of weeks ago, I looked and then I felt bad because there were a couple of you that reached out specifically to the Monday show and you had like wrestling things you wanted to do. And, uh, I did reach back recently, but, uh, it might have been too late or if they even checked the mail or whatever the hell was the case. Because I'm talking like these were messages from almost a year ago. That's how infrequently I go into other. So I don't think that uh, she saw it is what they're saying happened. Not that she needs to explain it because who's to say Sony DeVille would have seen these messages. And that was the one thing that defied destiny from the true fucking nature of their relationship that he visualized them having that never would have been either way. But she never saw the messages. Maybe she would have been cordial and nice to him, kind of like the way Alexa Bliss was with that one guy who wanted to date her or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then it would have diffused things where maybe he would have just gotten crazier and killed whoever the hell she was around. Or who knows, man? I mean, when you're at the point where you're going to duct tape somebody, you're probably, like, just completely off your rocker. And I walked into a woman who likes girls, by the way, guy, uh, with mace, zip ties, and duct tape, and was like, this is the moment we're going to love forever. Like, uh, Yeah. Even if it's, I don't even know what, what, there's probably no rational thought. It probably doesn't even go to that level. Who knows, man? It's hard to think like a fucking psycho. <laughs> Write it down. Hard to think like a psycho. There you go. Didn't mean to do it, but 
There you go. Congratulations, crazy. You got a fucking title. But maybe she would have let him down and things would have been diffused. I don't know. He did get denied bail, though. Uh, he couldn't post two million bond, uh, but he was denied regardless. Oh, uh, wow. Am I reading this correctly? He sent her DM saying that he was going to decapitate her, Mandy Rose when he got there. Well, by the way, we didn't mention last week was also in the place with her. Oh, she? Okay, yeah. Um, what? Wow. According to the judge, the GPS monitor that they put on him does nothing to protect the community, so he's supposed to stay incarcerated until his court date. Yeah, you lock that fucking nut job in a rubber room. I didn't realize. I thought that they were like stalker, regular stalker messages. That shit goes above and beyond. He he threatened to decapitate Mandy Rose. That's not cool. Wow. Good lord. Like anything but the chair does not make sense. You put this kind of crazy down. You. That's really rattling, right? Like at this point, why has the at, at that point I make the decision? You take him behind the barn and you shoot him. Like what? The f- <sighs> I believe this is uh this is from the news here. I'm gonna take a look at this. This is a little bit of an update, formal update on exactly what the hell happened. Well, days after coming face to face with an 13. obsessed stalker inside her home in Tampa, WWE star wrestler Sonya Deville faced him again today, only it was in court, where Philip Thomas is asking for bond. Fox 13's Gloria Gomez is at the Hillsborough County Courthouse. Hi there, Gloria. Did Deville testify today? Yes, in fact, she's still testifying. I got to tell you, it is gripping testimony by her. Keep in mind, Mark, that as you know, her fans love her, adore her as a wrestling star. But today in this Tampa courtroom, she is a crime victim. I saw uh, a man standing there, and he had black clothes on and a black mask, and he was just standing there staring at me. Daria Baronado spilled her heart-wrenching terror in a Tampa courtroom as she described the moment she came face-to-face with her accused kidnapper and barely got away. What did you do then? So I was messing with the lock. I looked up. I saw him. I was terrified. I started screaming. I don't even know what I said. Something like, what the f*** are you doing here? What do you want? And now Sonya Deville, not done yet, heads right back into the ring now. Baronado is known to her millions of wrestling fans as WWE superstar Sonya Deville. But one fan, 24-year-old Philip Thomas, became so obsessed, prosecutors say he drove from South Carolina to Tampa in a twisted plot to kidnap DeVille, and he almost pulled it off. They say he cut a hole in her patio screen and tripped the alarm when he opened a sliding door. That gave DeVille and her roommate just enough time to escape. Now Thomas is asking a judge to let him out on bond, But during an afternoon hearing, prosecutors are fighting it. Attorney Anthony Rickman, who is not connected to this case, breaks it down. That stalking has gone to the next level of derangement, of following, of committing criminal acts that put this victim in imminent fear of danger and potentially death. That close call now has DeVille filing a restraining order in civil court, asking the judge to keep Thomas far, far away from her if he gets out on bond. She writes that Thomas sent her hundreds of messages on Instagram, describing them as obsessive, suicidal, and idolizing. Others are vile and vulgar. But the most chilling message was made while Thomas was lying in wait in her patio. Quote, look outside, baby. By your pool, I'm here. And then he threatened to kill her roommate. 
But DeVille's immediate concern is to keep Thomas in jail without bond. That decision is now in the hands of a judge. And keep in mind, in mind, Mark, that in fact the defendant is still waiting to see if he's going to testify. But right now, DeVille remains on the stand and the judge will be shown surveillance video of inside her home when he allegedly broke in. So the judge still waiting to see that. And then the roommate will also testify. And we're hoping by in the next hour or so we should have a decision by the judge whether or not she will be giving this defendant bond. Either way, we'll let you know what happens, Mark. Back to you. And we know the end of that story. He didn't get any bonds, so. <sighs> I know, right? You let that girl take as much time as she needs off to get rid of that. Like, what the fuck? For sure. There's no question about it that if th- this is more important than anything that she's doing in her career or for us as fans. That being said, it still sucks that that asshole ruined it for everybody. Yeah. And he didn't. piss me off. Like, it, it more importantly, he fucked it up for her. But also, what about the people who like who enjoy watching our matches and enjoy watching our on TV? Now we lose time with her because you have some kind of delusion or whatever the fuck you call it in your little fucked up head. Yeah, because you can't understand the concept that the girl only has thousands of people that adore her. Chances are, she probably doesn't see your creepy ass fucking messages. It probably creates an anxiety in her that she doesn't need. Now, as far as how these guys get their actual addresses and stuff, it's all questionable. Pre had a thesis that, uh, because they open up their businesses, I guess whatever side businesses thing they have using their actual address, I don't know how that would work. I mean, it shouldn't in in theory. For example, like our, our website, our talk brunch, you do pay for extra things to not have that happen. You know, and I'm sure she did. It has to go deeper. These people are like crazy. They they probably really stalked the shit out of you to get that. Oh my god, people are fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, I really hope that uh, this is just a, a short time and that it didn't. She didn't call it a career and be like, you know what, I don't want to do this shit at all. Yeah, it, it just seems like she might just need time, like get her head straight, kind of deal with this on her own. No worries or nothing, and then she'll be straight. Uh, that's not fair, uh, George. I don't think I disagree with that as far as so much for her. Nobody's talking about her fucking MMA career. About her MMA image. Simply because okay. you could be a badass in MMA. That's not going to change how scary it would be if a dude was coming to murder you in the, in the middle in the middle of the fucking night. Like, not even it has nothing to do with skill at that point. Like the fact that someone's following you and tracing you and was able to get your address and now got into your fucking house in the mid. Keep in mind, it's the middle of the night. This isn't about MMA at that point, man. And then threaten you know? to decapitate your roommate. Like, what? Doesn't oh, make yeah, sense. But, but walking with zip ties gun. and maces. Man, if he has a ready. gun, uh, a taser, or what the fuck he has. So it's like, it's a dangerous situation. Of course, defend yourself if it comes down to it. But I'm just saying that this is more a case of just eminent danger. You know, this has nothing to do at with it. At that like, point, it's life and death. Yeah, it's not like we can even say... uh it goes against her image in any way, really, because, you know, in no way does she look, uh, she didn't look like a punk ass or anything. She did what you're supposed to do. She got the fuck out of the house. There's a crazy guy in there. She's a human being that just so happened. God forbid she actually wants to be safe in her own fucking home. And she did that without knowing, having not read these messages, keep in mind, since they went into the other folder that this guy had already basically said, Hey, I'm going to come murder your roommate and I'm by your pool. So you definitely, definitely. Like, fuck her image at that point. Yeah. Definitely.
So what are your thoughts? Let's let's move on from this because this is morbid. I hope that works out. I hope we see her again. Yeah. This, the storyline is a little bit fucked up right now. Um, I mean, I, the only I thing I can say is good vibes and good energy sent to Sonya. Hope you're better soon. Take your time. Get your head right. And we hope to see you back. And the rumor has it the reason they canceled the hair versus hair was because she was going to be in court. So apparently that's spoiling the fact that maybe she was the one to get shaved. Or even if it was Mandy, who we now hear has to yeah, testify. Yeah, I think I think I'd heard that the plan was for her to lose the match. Yeah, but even if it was Mandy, she has to testify as well. It might have just not been good timing for them to shave the heads, which is why they did the, the loser leaves WWE. And yeah. there's rumors that the hair match might come later on, which I don't know if it will. Who knows? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts in regards to what you've seen with the Thunderdome? Now that you've seen it a few times already. <sighs> well, obviously the good. It's unique. It's different. It feels like the closest we've gotten to actual fans since all this stuff has happened. Um, I'm getting more used to seeing some of those wide shots and not focusing as much on like an individual screen and things like that. I'm kind of more being able to detach myself from the fact that it's like it's just a bunch of LED boards. But then uh, I guess some people just decide we can't have nice things. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even going to yeah. go into that. But yeah, there's been some inappropriate behavior. But you're responsible, apparently. Uh, they reserve the right to remove anyone from the Thunderdome for any reason, according to their uh, their contract with you. And if you're wearing like other competition merchandise, if you say anything that would not normally be considered appropriate, Anything that you do, they basically and, and any fines that they incur, they make you sign a contract that you are responsible for all of that. And remember, you this know, is a learning FCC process. Is a joke when it comes to their fines. This is the first ever of something like this. So this is a process, you know, and uh, apparently, according to Wrestling Inc., they said that uh, WWE swaps out fans every 15 to 30 minutes. And uh, the fan might find their image in a different part of the Thunderdome, or they could just be swapped out. So uh, they could be, yeah, and then apparently they won't be there for the entire show. And they have fans on standby, where if a spot opens up or if someone's feed goes down, they just jump this other person in, just like we, we had a theory about. And then there's moderators that are interacting with the people who are on the Thunderdome. And at the same time... uh they're putting together a block list. So if you get taken off of the feed, you are banned for good. And uh, they basically have everybody on headsets and they get prompts and shit so that they could like, uh, I guess, react negatively or positively, which is why you see a thumbs up or a thumbs down or everybody trying to pop at the same time. And they yeah. and Melser compared it to how WCW would tell the studio audience uh, they would get them pumped up just before they came back from commercial break and that kind of shit. Essentially, you have someone in your head telling you to do this so they get the reaction that they want out of the fans. So there are fan stuff going on. Yeah, there is some piped in crowd noise, obviously, because if you had audio coming from every single household, it wouldn't really create the crowd effect that you would want. You know, there'd so be some stone that. cold Skypes out there. They're trying to create atmosphere at this point. So I, I get exactly what they're going with. But, uh, you know, I feel it works. I'm, I'm watched it today on Raw and it's, it works for them. It, and especially Triple H said that his partnership with Full Sail is very important to him. So NXT is not moving. That's the reason why TakeOver took place still at the regular Full Sail. 
or the performance center rather. Yeah. Uh, so I think it once again, it creates what they need where like the main roster has this larger than life feeling that feels like more money goes into it. And it's a bigger stage. And then NXT, to be honest, never really suffered from the pandemic to the same extent as the main roster anyway. I remember watching my first NXTs after the pandemic hit, and it was like, oh, this isn't as bad. I remember the first roar on SmackDown. I was like, oh, Jesus, this is the most awkward <laughs> thing in the world. So it was I, the polar opposite. I was like, this is the most claustrophobic, awkward, uncomfortable sad morbid shitty thing i hate to say but as much as they didn't entertain people watching that just reminded me of how much the world was ending you had two wrestlers in this mm. empty ass hollow building with no fans with just a consistent on-screen reminder to the fact that we might go extinct like the damn dinosaurs at the time so uh no that didn't help nxt always had darker lights they never had filled this place from bottom to like the very air so then when they did it it kind of had that more tight, intimate atmosphere anyway. And to be honest, back when I was like a hardcore indie guy, like I would, I would buy iPay-per-views that had probably about that many people sometimes. Yeah. It didn't feel <laughs> as the, different because we don't rely as much on the crowd in NXT. When that was like the only way to see like a, dark, a, a Johnny Gargano or, or the Young Bucks or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I remember buying pay-per-views where it was just like the people in the front, $5 little iPay-per-view. And you would get like these guys that now are big deals, at least to us. But back then it was like, we just knew about them. <laughs> and it was like, so the intimate in the atmosphere worked for NXT and AEW somehow came out of this. Perfect. Those bastards. It's like the pandemic didn't happen when you were over there. Whenever yeah. you watch their product, it, it was just the same business as usual. They worked straight through it. They have a different tone to everything anyway. So it messed with them the least. I was trying to think of that during the pandemic, like what felt different with AEW, but it's like nothing. The only time it ever felt different was if I actively took my eyes off of the ring, which I never do. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was cool. I thought that it was really cool that we were able to get uh, this atmosphere and it worked better. They're getting better at it. Just like everything else, you have to learn it. I mean, think about it. They kind of invented this shit. That's this done the dome. It's like they're getting better and it looked better. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're getting more of a mastery of it. And until we can go back to normal, it, it doesn't, it gives the show a good look. Um, this is the closest that they're going to be to normal until things get back. I wish they could make people sign clauses where they find them, whether or not the TV finds them or not, where you do something fucked up, they find you. You just, you have to get your ass taxed. Oh my God. Some of y'all can't, some of y'all out there. I can't afford that shit. <laughs> no more silly shit. Because I know the thing you were going to bring up was that, yeah, a few people. I, I saw the Pikachu face out there during the pay-per-view. That was funny. Well, was, that, was, that was more just funny. We talked about like, that in the post show. But then somebody put Benoit as their picture instead of them on the screen. So you would see Benoit yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, they did that tonight. Uh, somebody came up with a, a Fire Velveteen Dream thing, which apparently I've heard that person got banned at um, something like pay, um, SummerSlam last night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like don't don't bring that shit here. Like just sit down and enjoy the fucking show. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing is going too far where people are using the shows and everything else to make statements. Everybody wants to make a statement. You know. No, yeah. no, no, it, it, no matter what was gonna happen, it was never gonna be good enough. So that's why I don't take stuff like this seriously anymore. Like they took their time, they did their actual investigation. More of an investigation than some of you out there are just throwing a hashtag on there. They didn't find anything. He's back. Move oh, on. you're talking about the Velveteen Dream thing? Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right there. Like, it. I've noticed with him, and I was going to touch on that, but uh, 
I did notice that with him, they're going a little bit crazy with the poor guy. Like he's been getting harassed. Like that now there's a borderline to harassment here when I really look at the stuff that's happening with him. You know what I mean? Like people are really yeah. like becoming nuts. The mob mentality of the current generations has really become overwhelming. And uh you don't really expect to see that kind of stuff the way that it is. Like it's it's so much more irritating when literally Triple H has gone on record to say, Hey, we, the people he works for, not you out there, we investigated into this and we yeah, didn't like, find anything incriminating. And they're little cyber warriors because, like, for example, they've been going to his Wikipedia page. As, as you guys know, Wikipedia, for those of you that don't know, you probably, it's important that you do understand because some people think Wikipedia is... uh practically biblical which again and i'm using that term loosely because even that's not you know we, who knows the chronology of that but i digress wikipedia has whenever you search something on there as you see it, there's almost something for everything yeah. you know you could find almost information on everything and the reason is because all it is is an open database you can say of information that literally any person in the entire world has full access to full access to full access it's not like you can't go there you could go there and i could go there and we can do whatever we want and we when can they put say that, whatever he means whatever i could put on the bottom of bailey's page right now that she right after Roar went with with sasha to get high on shrooms and it would appear on their regular wikipedia page and the next person who types in google sasha banks and wikipedia is usually one of the top things that comes up in a google search it's not going to click there. The very last much. thing that they're going to see is that uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks are high on shrooms after all. It's that easy. No one really thinks about these things. And I am not encouraging this kind of behavior. But these are, this is literally the way our world works. Wake up to what the internet is. There's not a fucking consciousness out there just overlaying all of these pages of things. You know what I mean? It's us. We are the consciousness. So sometimes people we're are going shit. out there and making these things. Right. This is the reason why many a time I've gone to look at the WWE Championships Prestige for something for the show. And this is when I first learned this. Not really first learned, but first experienced the negative aspect of it. You know how many times I've had to look up because we were going to talk about a world title and how many times it's changed hands. And the Wikipedia page is great. You click on the title. It lists all the champions, the vacancies, everything. You know how many times Michael Cole's been somewhere in there as the fucking WWE world champion? Oh, my God. See, these are the people that give wrestling fans like it's a bad name. Anyway, they're vandalizing Velveteen Dream's Wikipedia page. They keep changing Velveteen Dream to Mr. Petal and his birthplace keeps being changed to prison. And they also do stuff like Velveteen and emphasize the teen. Like. And they change the, the, the caption underneath his picture. You know, you have a little caption that says, Dream fighting off parents of the children he's groomed. To like one of his pictures where he's like, I guess, in combat or something. But anyway, they're, they're really screwing this guy up. Uh, they also started a petition, which I will not be sharing here, to fire him. And he said he's in, he's accused and, and proven to be grooming minors. WWE's done nothing about it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to even read the whole thing. The point being, and Triple H doubled down on what he said before, that, you know, people are mad because of the accusations, but that they didn't find anything. And then nothing's going to happen. That's really all that it is, you know? You have to actually find stuff for stuff to happen. Yeah, so. Nobody assumes out here. Like, <laughs> yeah, so they need to cut this out already. Like, I, it's crazy. You know, we they don't, don't have know. anything else better to fucking do. 
Everybody, anytime anyone's accused of anything, they're automatically guilty, and then, and that's just the way that it is. While y'all over there sitting there complaining over nothing, we're gonna enjoy probably one of the most over superstars in NXT's history every fucking Wednesday night. Like, um, it's so fucking stupid. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like whatever this fucking person is that the Thunder Dome is like, oh, I'm gonna get that message flashed up for all of about half a second. So congratulations, you did all that and got banned for nothing. Exactly. It's the it's the Hogan thing all over again. No matter what they do, it's never going to be good enough. Because here's the reality: until said proof comes out, ain't shit going to be done. If you got the proof, bring it out. And as we've said before, why not go to the cops? You know why? Because the cops will call you on your shit. Like my tolerance for people has gone down so low this year. Like. It was pretty friggin' high at the end of 2019, but now with all this stuff, it's just like I can't even deal with people anymore. Yeah, I hear you, man, and I, I'm there too. I think I feel like I, I'm getting old, like it ages me. The uh, the nonsense, you know. Like we're like 20 fighting the, fighting years the good fight for our here, because that's really when we look at what talk brunch is. You know, sorry to interrupt you, but that's really what I look at, even though it never was meant to be. It just became the place where we fight the good fight. You know, we talk about. How full of shit most of the stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't just like, bite the carrot just because it's in front of us. We're here. You know, and it just kind of feels like, yeah, the fight over the years has gotten, like, you know, what is it, almost six years? It gets exhausting to, again, the same things, the same freaking minds, the same blue pills out there, you know, which is just really sad doing the same silly shit. Uh, because again, you never know. And that doesn't mean that there's no such thing as pedophiles or rapists or any of these other things. What it means is that. We just, I've seen for the past few years since we started doing this, just everyone's been guilty. Everyone's been guilty like right away, like, like hours after the first accusation. People have lost their careers, their television shows, their sitcoms, their books, their director spots, all within hours. Even though as much as people don't like or respect it, we've always had a legal system. That allows for us to at least get a fucking chance. That's not just a few hours. It's, it's kind nice. of like, where the hell is that? You know, where's your Sixth Amendment rights? Everybody always talks about the fucking Fifth. Let's talk about the Sixth Amendment from 1791. We're in all fucking criminal prosecutions. The accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy trial from an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime has been committed. That's an important factor here. Because it's not what's fucking happening at all. You're hearing things and then everybody's like, you're fired, you're gone, you're dead, you're banned, you're canceled. And because of the fact that people have tasted that crowd mentality power, it's almost being used in a negative way. Where it's like they always say you can make a difference. Now people are realizing, guess what? You can. Not good. You know what they say about a person is smart and people are stupid. Exactly. (laughs) And there's a reason for that saying. And I'm just saying that with the Velveteen Dream thing, whether he's right or not, or whether you think he's guilty or not, that vigilante justice and shit messing with people's social media and attacking them, how crazy would it be? I would love for something to happen where someone comes forward in one of these situations where someone's treated like shit and apologizes and breaks down that they made all this shit up. But everybody has to crawl into their social media holes after being fucking hypocrites, right? At that point, it's just like, like, all right, now each one of y'all can get it for all that shit y'all talk. Like, exactly. See, everybody likes to throw that stuff out there because they never explored the option of what happens if I'm wrong. Nobody's ever ready for that part of the 
no, no one really is. But yeah, like I said, we can, an accusation based culture and during the times that we live in and all the things, the diseases and the bad things that have happened that we can't control is when I'm seeing the worst of people. It's like you would think that now they wouldn't make shit worse than it already is. But as much as things have changed because of stuff that has been beyond our control, like you mentioned in the beginning of the show, there's boss fights and shit. We have two natural, two tornado or two hurricanes, something like that. Yeah, yeah there's, there's two hurricanes that are headed to the Gulf of Mexico at the exact same time. You think people would just at this point like not be worried about things that like that you know like things that don't matter dwelling on things are just being crazy but it's actually made people worse yeah like and it's like i said before at this point nxt went out of their way to take a to, to look into things which none of these people who are always throwing up these hashtags are done and they didn't find anything so at that point what are you even looking for yeah exactly like no matter what you do it's like literally like the Hogan thing. Like no matter how many times Hogan apologized or did this or that. Oh, but there needs to be more. No, don't think so. There comes a point where it becomes how much more. Like how much more does there need to be? You know, what is the second chance that people push for? The reality of the situation is that the Velveteen Dream is back in NXT. He showed up back at a takeover. You know what that means? That means there's nothing out there for you to grasp anymore. So move on. But they won't. It'll be looked at as they let him. He got away. He got away. Not just that there wasn't proof, but that he got away. Yeah. And, see, and then let's see how they handle it when they're in a tough situation and then nobody's on their side. They crumble. But it's going to be like, but you didn't want to give him a chance, so why do you get one? Now, from street vigilantes to cyber vigilantes, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, Renee Young, as you know, she spent her last weekend with us, which, uh, yeah, that sucks. No more Renee. Got her image up on the screen there for you guys. Apparently, she it's being reported she had two different contracts in WWE. Uh, there was an employee contract. Uh, and there was also like a Fox contract for WWE backstage. And uh, so apparently when the Fox contract ended, when, when, when they canceled backstage, that contract ended. And uh, that's when she got the opportunity to give WWE their notice. Because she wouldn't have had any obligations, which I guess was that timing must have been what she was waiting for, you know. Yeah. She released a statement where she said, uh, she typed, uh, this November would mark eight years in WWE. Eight years, an opportunity of a lifetime with a global company to learn, grow, make history, and do things beyond my wildest dreams before I left Toronto for this adventure. I made friends, family, literally family. I met my husband here. What a fucking dreamboat. And people that will be a part of my life forever. I did things I couldn't have even imagined or dreamt of. From from backstage interviews, a reality show, talking smack, being the first woman to be a part of the WWE broadcast in Saudi Arabia, um, being the first woman to sit at the commentary desk full time on Monday Night Raw, calling WrestleMania, anchoring a brand new show with Fox Sports, which you guys will still be able to catch me on. I've been so lucky, but it's also been a lot of my hard work, drive, and passion that have landed me in these amazing spots. I've had such an incredible run on WWE. It's changed my life, but but that all leads me to now, what's next? Do I stay satisfied with what I've done? Do I go for the pursuit of new barriers and goals of mine? I always choose the latter. I have no idea what that means or looks like, but it's time to go. Time to roll the dice again and shake things up. Time to light that fire again and forge on. Time to say bye to Renee Young and reconnect with Renee and remember why I started this journey to begin with. And as the ride slows down, as the world slows down, I see it as 
my opportunity to make a move so i just wanted to say thanks to wwe and all the fans that have been so damn cool to me over the years and send a crap ton of love to all my people i'm excited for the future thanks for everything so uh yeah it's a shame that that commentary thing didn't work out for her which i think kind of soured her to the company but uh yeah because i i if you go back and listen to early episodes of us for years when they first brought renee and i always thought that she was going to be a commentator out there it was just like it just felt like the natural course of things i just think that the way that they do commentary fucked it up but like i remember seeing her go back and listen to when like renee first came go back and listen when we were talking about the fact that there was someone from canada that was coming and everything and who she was and what was going to happen and the, the progression of how we spoke about her becoming a commentator fucking years before them and it was something that you can inevitably see was going to happen and they just ruined it i think because they're so controlling out there and some people cite that as the reason she left you know some people maybe it was just that she wanted to move on um a lot of people are saying that it's that that shit that happened the virus you know the fact that 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 things went the way they did at the time that they did and that you remember remember only a few weeks removed from the whole world hating ww for their poor decision making and essentially accusing them of an outbreak and the only reason we're not talking about anymore is because there weren't any fatalities and almost everyone recovered and it's all like in the aftermath now but there was a point where a lot of people all sick at the same time and it was because of them and we came on here and read practically a long scroll that rolled across the room of information about how it was their faults it is possible that at that point renee or moxley or the two of them decided you know what (laughs) fuck this it's not safe here anymore. You know, we just don't like it. That's just more speculation, though. Yeah. You know, we don't know exactly what the hell happened with her. But it is a shame because, once again, something good that they had, whether it's their fault or not, is gone. And I know she has a non-compete clause. Nobody knows the exact length of her non-compete clause, which means there'll be a duration of time before she can do things. But that will be wrestling related. That doesn't mean there's not other things she can do. We don't know what her immediate plans are, you know. So, uh that's something to really consider and worry about in regards to what happened with her and everyone else um whether or not she got sick from that entire thing was never really said we don't know who she was around or exactly who uh she was exposed to maybe it'll be something that comes out after her clause ends but i do know that moxley was on uh wrestling observer radio and uh he basically talked about how uh what the experience was like dealing with her being sick and he basically said that uh when she flew home she started feeling sick and he was thinking nothing of it and then one morning she said she hoped she doesn't have covid and that the next day he went to train in the morning when he came back she was still in bed and she said that she felt like shit and he figured that they would get tested and then the test came back in an email and he looked at his and it said negative so he figured hers would be the same because um they'd been in super close contact for six days and at this point he had already pulled out of the next day's tv because uh all he was gonna do was a promo and it wasn't worth the risk and and uh he saw his was negative so for 30 seconds he figured he could still catch that 6 a.m flight and make and still make tv but not 30 seconds later he got her test back and it was positive and he didn't expect to have different results so he went and slept on the couch and he didn't know what to do so he got tested again as soon as he could and uh he said that she was bad for a couple of days she was coughing a bunch he said he he slept on the couch and hearing her cough all night he didn't sleep for two days because he was scared he said he's not ashamed to admit that he was scared because they know so little about this disease and it affects everyone differently and her case was average at best uh because she was sick for a couple of days and it lingered a bit but now she's fine so uh there's a uh, one guy's experience dealing with this 
Yeah, it's some rough shit to have to deal with this thing. If we can say yeah. that DeVille, and I'm not trying to compare the situation, but if we can say that DeVille, something traumatic happened to DeVille to make her say, look, I don't need this company right now. We can definitely speculate that maybe Renee or Moxley are both at the same exact uh, freaking epiphany, you know? Where yeah. just like, look, yeah, me too. <laughs> like we could use a break too. It's not like we can't find work somewhere else. This thing is still out there, guys. I know we don't talk about it regularly on here anymore. And uh we we've come a long way from practically the the whole show being about it. But you know, there are things still happening and you still gotta be careful. Do you remember stardom, good old stardom in Japan? Uh they were having a show in, about ten days ago. It was August fifteenth. They had a show. And uh it someone tested positive right there at the show. And I'm talking like people seated you know what i mean not like canceled like oh look at this email not gonna go i'm talking like people seated waiting for like them to come to the ring and wrestle you know this is in osaka and just before they were about to literally wrestle i'm not talking even like the start the seat starting to fill i'm talking like like if this was in our country the then now forever thing had already gone by the little video package to get you hyped for the pay-per-view you're about to see how the right pyro was getting ready the to go pyro off. went off and the music was about to hit for that first person to come through the curtain and uh they didn't they basically had to cancel and send everybody home that was wwe i bet they would have told everybody after the fucking fact <laughs> right they <laughs> told again, them a week later but again an email with a f- attachment to a free month things like this are probably factor in not so much what they did but what they will do like if there's another now you know and it's sad to say but now people know that literally if there's ever like a global catastrophe where you don't want to work you know what i mean leaving there is sometimes thinking about the future and it's unfortunate because i know that they had her factored into a lot of their plans very ignorantly so because they should have seen the writing on the wall people always speculated about this but as you know talking smack has returned which yeah. yet, an, yet another thing that Renee was in that she enjoyed that they got rid of because remember talking smack gets too real. The wrestlers can just literally talk smack on there. There's nothing scripted. People are allowed to say their true feelings. That was where the Miz came out and he threw his belt at Daniel Bryan and shit. And he talked about, you know, just the whole what he took and what he went. You remember that, that whole thing where he spilled his guts? Oh yeah. Not going to run that shit on here again. We ran it on here several times. <laughs> Go watch it. The clips out there. Renee was going to be on this new incarnation of Talking Smack, I'm assuming. I think Xavier Woods, uh, yeah, it was, was supposed to be her to be. and Woods. It was, and, and I, I, but I hear now it was Kayla Braxton. It was going to be Xavier Woods, but it wound up not being that combination. But from what I'm hearing, not that Renee's gone, they actually had an episode and things did get a little bit hostile already. And this is the reason WWE didn't like it. I like how one thing you got to give this, this company credit for. If there's ever something you don't like, they repeat history so much that don't just wait for it to come back around again because they forgot that the whole reason they don't like this thing is because things sometimes get a little bit hostile. Uh, so I'm going to let you guys hear. This is Biggie and the Miz on here. They're talking about Kofi Kingston's push and you don't really very often. I'm going to say this before we go into this. You don't hear. Biggie's a really nice guy. You know what I mean? You don't really hear him very often, like, sound annoyed. I don't want to say angry, but you can hear the annoyance, which I'm not used to hearing in his voice, where he's a little bit fucking put off by The Miz. Once again, The Miz. The Miz is like the star of this show, right? They know exactly who to put on there. Pretty much. All right, let's hear what, let's hear what the hell's going on here. 
Sure. Uh, actually, before we get into any of that, can I mention, like, Kofi, I will say, is far too humble, far too do the right thing to mention this. But I'm going to say this because it's never been said, really, not publicly. But Kofi's a guy that had his legs cut out from underneath him. To see what happened with the match with him and Brock, and then to see no title opportunity after that, he just goes mm-hmm. back into tag teams and whatnot. You know what I mean? That, that's disrespectful. And I will say, nah, you I will say that. we joke. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, because I was WWE champion at one time, and the same thing happened to me, and I needed to rebuild and re group myself. I wish I could have taken Kofi and said, look, you need to to make sure that whatever happens after your WWE championship run, that you don't lose that main event status, that you don't feel like you are not a top star in WWE. And I, honestly, I was a victim of that. I was. There is uh-huh. no doubt in my mind that I should have been where I was. But now I am keep working and keep working and keep working and keep dedicating myself yep. to try to be a WWE champion once again. So, That's why I'm sitting out here telling you your jokey stuff. It's fun. It's great. It's entertaining. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's not going to work to get you to the Universal Championship. So, wait. Did you wait 11 years to get your first uh, world title opportunity? I don't think so. No. You did But it's been a long time since I've had right. another WWL Universal Championship. You've gotten many opportunities, and I get you're very talented. You're very deserving. Kofi waited 11 years for that one opportunity. Then it was gone. Poof. Just like that. Back to doing tag stuff. Back to doing normal stuff. And like I said, I could sit here. But he allowed it. He could have he fought that, couldn't he have? How? What do you mean, how? Where was his opportunity? What is, what is the one thing they tell us when we're in developmental and when we're, we're trying to build ourselves up? If you have five seconds on a television show, that is your opportunity to make people believe that you deserve better. So he, you deserve more. So he failed himself, is what you're saying? I, I always blame myself. I don't blame anybody else. Right. I blame myself right. for all my failures. That's easy to say when you've been handed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You didn't wait. You didn't wait. You didn't wait eleven years to get your first world title opportunity, did you? No, because I didn't have to. I was a star because people believed in me. And Kofi wasn't right. Huh? I, there was no one at that time more hated, more despised than me in WWE. Nobody. Right. Everyone couldn't stand me, whether it was in the locker room or in the WWE universe. And that is why I propelled myself and utilized myself to be the biggest star there. You didn't have to wait time. 11 years in the mid card. You didn't have to wait 11 years doing your thing week in, week out, showing up, shaking hands, being a professional I've for 11 waiting. years. I'm waiting right now. Right now. Okay. Todd, do you okay. want to bring things back? I wasn't back? even supposed to be here back. today. I do want to bring things back. And they, they were like, dude, we need, we need a host, so we're going to get the Miz. Because I can do it all. You can do it all. Can you? We got to get back to yeah. what happened yes, on SmackDown. Yes, ma'am. Let's bring it back. Yes. All right. I missed this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> he struck oh, such a nerve. Like, I was waiting for any moment for a big E just reach out. Just... He's not. So, this has been something that's gone on where people are citing black privilege you know what i mean where it's kind of like well i'm sorry white privilege in the sense that you know what i mean but i don't think that this is this is about just privilege in general with that company and i don't think miz is necessarily wrong either like we know the miz was not fucking handed anything in his spot to be to get to get the life that he has or become the champion he literally climbed kofi also went through a crazy climb now everyone's climb is different in wwe you know what I mean? And I think if you ask people's honest opinions without trying to be disrespectful, they might even be able to logically deduct why The Miz was a champion before Kofi. I love New Day to Death, and I can give a bunch of reasons with no disrespect to them. Like, Kofi, as a performer at that time, was not performing as a main event performer. There's a difference between a main event level and a main event performer. 
what he was offering as a character and a performer wasn't suitable at the time for what was happening in the main event scene. I can understand that kind of stuff happening. You look back at the era we came from, the era of punk and Daniel Bryan and all the things that were just going on and everything got more cluttered over time. And yet Kofi was here for 11 years. Was he in a good spot for 11 years? No, sometimes he wasn't. Sometimes he he fucked up too, is, you know what I mean? Which might have had something to do with the reason why the push didn't work. And even though you, it, whether or not we agree with people losing their pushers when they make mistakes, we can't just acknowledge the fact that it happens. And the fact that we can trace points in Kofi's career to botches and just things going wrong and then the pushes is basically a testament to that. It's happened to The Miz, too, when he didn't catch truth. That's when I kind of stopped seeing The Miz being used for. Everybody gets a little bit punished here. And there were just different things that were going on. But most of the time when you look at The Miz, he was someone who wasn't ever out on injury, was a, you know, and never really has many issues with the things he does. And his path was different than Kofi's, but... I don't really think that it, either of them are right. Miz shouldn't have called out. Like, you know, it's not fair for him to say to Kofi, oh, you know, you should have tried harder. Because I think that's wrong, too. He said, what did they yeah, teach us in developmental? You, you know, he said, what did they teach us in developmental? This, this, and that, you know, you get five seconds of time and you use it. It's easy to say that. So also, I'm not taking the Miz's side on this either. We all know that developmental does not mean you have any control of what happens to you or what you do. People go through hell there, too. And uh, sometimes that five seconds may not work out the way that you want. So I mean, Miz is, Miz didn't uh wasn't handed anything, but he can't he shouldn't say that Kofi after the Brock Lesnar thing should have done this or should have done that. Kofi got shitted on. He was the champion. They had Brock Lesnar li- literally come and kill him, and then they didn't even acknowledge it. Like the next time we saw him, he was just back in New Day, and Big Biggie's saying that's disrespectful, and he's right. It is. There, there, yeah, there, there's not much you can do after getting wiped what out like that. What was he supposed to do? Exactly. And that and that's what, what it is. Like, the Miz is saying this, and the Miz is in the same position, not for nothing, because when he lost that world title, he's kind of been teetering exactly around where Kofi is. You know? And I'm a big Miz fan, but he, he never really yeah. became a main event guy again, and he deserved it quite a few times recently that they missed the mark. But that, to me, proves more Kofi and Big E's point than it would the Miz's. Yeah, because, I mean, Miz has had championship matches since then, whereas Kofi's just been in the tag game again. Yeah, even when you deserve it, you don't get it. And that's that's the whole problem with WWE, that there's a lot of the times that you deserve things, and no matter what you deserve, you're just shitted on. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have been complaining. I mean, their whole roster is hot from top to bottom. Mickey James recently, uh, she was on Ring the Bell, and the topic was the top moments of her career. But she actually brought up that recent match, which which is funny. We spoke about it on here. I don't know if anybody else did, but we talked on here because I'm a big Mickey James fan. We spoke on here about how that Natalia match just got shitted on, you know, and just got shrugged off. And she brought it up also. And I wanted you to uh, check this out. You made your in-ring return against Natalia. It blew up internet because, you know, the match, it was interfered by Seth Rollins for the men's storyline. No entrance. A lot of the fans were very upset. The storyline, like, Natty is badass. Natty is awesome. And I know that she and I, like, I felt like we were going to have a great match. We're going to kick butt. I love Natty. This character with Lana, evil. It's terrible. awesome. It's like... Oh, you know, so I felt like there's some genuine magic um, to be made there and to have them tell a really, really great story. It's just unfortunate that nobody saw it, you know? It's bullshit. I'm hot about it, but I am grateful to be back. I'm grateful to be back, and it's just unfortunate. I kind of suspect that that's why they did what they did tonight. (laughs) 
because you know she's still think about it she's still uh under wwe contract and she called them bullshit and then they have natalia and them i don't want to jump into raw but you remember what they did there they had a little sequence uh, there where they talked about it. i just kind of find the timing funny maybe i'm just being paranoid but i just find it interesting no no let's be real don't, don't even sit there and lie to yourself you know that's what they did the Mickey James who wasn't being used literally I was just complaining about it and then she was vocal about it on a podcast while still being contracted to them and then I see on Raw a Mickey James storyline there was it almost was it almost seemed like it was a response the storyline tonight to what she was saying to the fact that she had she went on that podcast and had a countdown of her best moments and then talked about being underutilized you know because then they showed her best moments too but it was blank you know they don't like when you complain about the stupid shit they do. But yet, somehow they punish you by then putting you on TV and giving you a thing. Because to me, think about it. If she was just on a podcast, that the whole point, because that other thing was a segue where she talks about how they shit down on Raw. If you're on a podcast, that the whole point of being on this to, is to count down your best moments. It's just such a coincidence that the heels you're feuding with then go on to put your best moments on the screen and it's blank. Very strange. <sighs> It would be strange if it was a competent company, I think. I mean, they're competent enough to screw with people. <sighs> it's not competent. That's just ignorant. Not ignorance. 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 They don't even get the last little. Yeah. So, yeah, this is one, another one of those cases where, no, unfortunately, the Miz's uh, argument doesn't work. It doesn't work the same when you got world championship matches after you lost it versus you lose a world championship in seven seconds and then get the same shit you've been getting for the last four or five years after that. If they're not going to use you, then they're just not going to use you. And that's really yeah. all that there is to it. And that's just the way that it's going to go. You know? And then he talked about what they said in developmental, which his developmental would have been years ago. It would have been before. His developmental was a lot different. <laughs> it was very different. Recently we had a Shao Guerrero was on her mother's podcast, Vicky Guerrero's podcast. And uh, keep in mind, what is she? She's like 25 now. It's like a grown woman. Back when we saw her, she was just still, yep. you know, very young. So she came on there and she was just talking about uh, how they treated her because she was a Guerrero. And just, I kind of feel like the the way her indie run went fucked with her. And that's the reason why for a while she was off the grid. I'd recommend you guys listen because it's cool listening to them talk about Eddie and everything else. But I'm going to let you guys listen to this part here uh, and link you. I remember when I was 15, I asked dad when we were living in the apartment complex, you and dad just renewed your vows. We were all together again. And I remember I came up to him in the little makeshift gym you made him in the apartment. And yep. um, and I was like, dad, I want to wrestle. And he was like, no, you don't. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, dad, like, I want to learn. I want to learn. Because I would always watch dad, and I would always watch the deep. And I always loved those things and, and whatnot. And so when um, I actually was legit serious with him, he was like, oh, oh, okay. He was like, well, I don't know about wrestling, but I'll teach you how to bump. And I was like, okay. And then literally... After that, after we had that conversation, I remember I started kind of like working out, but like not really. He, I was still growing. I was only 15. So he was just really cautious with me. But then I think it was like two months later, he passed away. And so we never really got to build on that. And I think dad, I don't know, mom, like this kind of goes with like, sorry, this, this is kind of hard with like how I feel dad might feel about me being in the industry. I want to say he would be proud 
But then I feel like there was so much pressure put on me when I was at FCW to be as good as you and as good as dad. And that was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot on me. And like the fact that I had to earn my name that I already had, I understood where they were coming from. Like, yeah, we don't want to call you by your name because if you suck, we don't want you to be a disappointment. And like to your family. I never understood that. Like, what the hell was that? You know, it was just a lot. And I, I remember that happened to me like two months in and I was like, holy shit. And I was already like, you never put pressure on me. Like, I don't think the family meant to put pressure on me, but like there was pressure put on me about my body, how it looked, how I needed to look more quote unquote feminine. Basically I needed to be the ideal diva that they wanted me. And I was having such a hard time and the pressure was so much. And like, I don't know if they meant to put that pressure on me, but like every rehearsal was like, well, your dad did it like this. Well, your dad did it like this. And I'm, and I love that. And I look up to dad, like, and God, if I can move like him, that's great. But I think moving forward with me in the wrestling industry today and everything I've learned from FCW, I am going to do this my way. I am going to do this for me. I am going to have fun with this. And I kind of have to put dad's legacy, your legacy to the side a little bit. That way I can flourish for me. And so I remember even then I I wasn't Latina enough, like for them because of dad was such an icon, you know, for the Latino community, which is amazing. But like, I have even like some kind of fucked up shit, like, oh, I'm not like, I don't feel proud I guess like I want to feel more proud that I'm Mexican, but I feel like I'm not good enough. Like I'm not Latina enough. I don't speak Spanish well enough. I don't do all this stuff well enough. So there's a lot of hard stuff. I hope dad's proud of me, but like, I know he is. I know he is. You know, dad went through his own struggles too. And I think that, I think the most important lesson that he would probably tell us today is that you learned your own identity And you learned what you're capable of and what your talents are. And that was something that he had to learn too. And even from his family and other, you know, critics, like people were always, you know, telling him we should do it this way or that way. And dad did learn, this is my way. And this is how I'm going to do my character in the show, or this is how I'm going to run my career. And I think that was so important. And, And when I started seeing you identify yourself and saying, you know, this is, just because WWE said that I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough, you still, you fought through some battles, you know, um, we'll touch on that a little bit, but you, you fought through your battles, but in the, at the same time, you were learning who you were and what you were about. And that's something that I'm so proud of because a lot of people don't get to know what, what that person is about or, or what they're made of or what makes them tick or what makes them happy or what makes them you know, be, have that drive for the day. And that's something that you really focused on was you. Thanks mom. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? It sucks that they literally have the thought to print like, Oh, you want to make sure uh, we don't want to give you your actual last name because you don't want to disappoint your dad's legacy. (laughs) Well, how do you say that? Eddie wasn't Eddie over fucking night. You dipshits. Like, that is how you say it. <laughs> That's what, the what, what wording can you I've use to not sound life. like a prick, though? Because we know they do this. It's like a known thing. But what way do you not, whoever the messenger is, Mark Carano probably, depending, I'm not in developmental. I wonder what you say. What What do you say to not come off like a prick? Nothing apparently that could be said in that fucking company. 
Because nowhere else are they told, oh, your dad did it like this. Your dad did it like that. Guess what? She's not a fucking dad. Like, you've been so you hear Eddie, these, you know what I mean? Eddie overnight. No dummy. Like, yeah. So this is going back to, again, the Miz sort of shitting on, uh, and I know he didn't mean it in that way, but he sort of did shit on Kofi for saying that Kofi was in control. And what did they teach us in developmental? In developmental, they taught you control. They taught you that you're going to be controlled there, just like you're being controlled here. And Kofi had no control over what happened after the Brock Lesnar, or quite frankly, during it. So the Miz giving that, and I hate that because I like the Miz, and you know I do, but that's a very corporate office answer. You know what I mean? Fucking the guy got F5, the match was like 15 seconds, and you're going to tell him, well, you got to push harder, Kofi. Fuck off. Fuck off. I'm starting to not not tolerate these guys how much, how once you become a company guy, as far as I'm concerned, you can fuck off. The company guys are the ones that thrive, the John Cena's and the freaking, uh, the, the Seth Rollins's and the Miz's, but unfortunately, it's too much company guy here. That, and I could see Big E getting a bit offended by it. And this goes, and, and again, when we're looking at all these other cases of people that have had to leave, you know, with Shao Guerrero as well. Yeah. You know, being a situation like that. Because they didn't want, because they wanted her to be exactly like Eddie. She doesn't have to be exactly like Eddie. Eddie wouldn't want her to be exactly like Eddie. Yeah. That no, <laughs> make that logic makes no sense. Let me guess. That's why Curtis actually getting pushed, right? Because he's not just like Mister Perfect. Yeah, they're just bad at pushing people right now, man. That that's they're company bad at everything at this point. Like, that company needs to do. There's too many people coming forward, and that's what this whole segment is. We've gone into look at how many cases I presented to you. Other people you're hearing from the people's mouths themselves. You know, Hideo recently he spoke to Sports Illustrated, and he said, "I felt in my heart." that the five years I spent in WWE were the most frustrating days of my life. I've talked about this, but I always remember the humiliation in America. Look at that. That shit is almost... <laughs> it, it was given a historical label. He said, being here reminds me of that regret. And when you're not good, you tell yourself that. That is what inspires me. Like, listen to this, man. These people have had horrible, horrible experiences. But I'm supposed to believe this is the place everybody wants to be and King Quest asked where Bo Dallas is eh, probably trying to be more like IRS because that's what they want right yeah pretty much <laughs> I don't even know oh, man. No. Don't even you know, know what's funny it's funny um we talked about the Thunderdome you said don't count them out because their money no fuck their money count them out because they got enough money to be fucking stupid at this point like it angers me to the point that this company is still allowed to do the bullshit they do just because they have more money money don't mean shit at this point because it's well, just disrespect to not only these people, but the people who have backed these people for years. The people who watched freaking Hadami or Atami when he was Kent over in Japan the first time around. And now you're disrespecting him for five years. Exactly. The people who watched Eddie and now you're basically shitting on Shaw. Like it's, it's fucking nuts. And you know what? I'm going to say this. If AEW, because it's not, they're, they're not perfect either. They have their problems, but they are a company yeah. and they are trying. No one's perfect. If AEW never becomes bigger than WWE and we shouldn't really expect it to, it will have served its purpose in being competition and it will have given people what they didn't have before. Because the reason more of these stories are coming out now than they ever have before is because there is a place you can work without burning your bridges in the wrestling world. A lot of people. You could only work for WWE if you wanted to make good money. So you wouldn't talk shit about them in a lot of cases. And at the time, a lot of people did, but they never came back. Well, you see what the point is, is now we're seeing people that are being released going off into the wrestling either, going into different parts of the world. And now they're being more open and more vocal about their experience. The Hideo Itami will never come back to WWE. And he knows this. 
So yeah. he's somebody who's happy to say what it was like and what a nightmare it was. You know, same thing with Shaw Guerrero, the way she talked about, she literally went into detail about the things they did to her and the things that they said to her, you know? And it's kind of funny when you mentioned the whole thing with AEW, this is something I've thought about more and more as time goes on. I think it's why when certain things that happen in AEW, it doesn't bother me as much. This company is in what still like year one. WWE is in what 50, 60? How is it year one? Year when you're in year one, I can understand you make mistakes. You do something like have a shitty women's division. You hire a Eddie Kingston. You do crazy stuff like that. Hey, it's year one. You're testing the water. We're gonna get into it with Raw, but I guess he's too fat. What? Yeah. AEW gets the excuse. WWE doesn't. And that's why I tolerate AEW's bad decisions or poor decisions because they're in that stage where you can make the bad decision. You can make the poor decision because you have the reasoning of, hey, we have not been here that long. WWE is at the point now, if they're not perfection, it's garbage because they shouldn't be anything less than perfection at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, we have different cases here. Biggie, Biggie uh, makes a good case with Kofi. Mickey James, yeah. you know, you saw how they treated her. And uh, just to have the fucking Rollins storyline happen, Shaw Guerrero spoke about uh, her her experience when she was in developmental, which is where the Miz is cheering for. You know, it's it's just not good. We have Kenta who was saying that it was essentially a nightmare when he was there. It's like, is everybody lying? Because that's the only way that this would work is literally if everybody's lying, because it seems like uh, no one's safe and there's no such thing as job security. It's like make as much good money as you can while you're there. Yeah, we spoke about that already. Make as much money mm-hmm. as you can while you're there and uh, and just never get comfortable because it's now it's it's literally become a revolving door. You know, it's it's literally become that way. We're also hearing one of the writers recently, uh, Joel Belcastro. He's the lead NXT writer and he resigned from his position. You know, and I told you that there was something going on with that NXT writing room. I didn't need to be in. They always say, you no one's here where, you know, no one has, no one's here and you don't, you don't need to be. It's like, I fucking do it. I said it before it even started looking rough. I was like, there's something happening. The writing guy's gone that they were using. So unfortunately, that guy is gone. We don't know exactly what the reason is, but uh, that does change things, you know, which we've already started to see drastic changes. And uh, you might want to, blame vince mcmahon for this but it was recently reported by bodyslam.net that vince mcmahon hasn't been backstage in gorilla position for quite some time maybe that's not information that wwe wanted out there but uh that doesn't mean he doesn't still call the shots but the vince mcmahon that you know that would be sitting in gorilla right inside of the current they, they said it hasn't been that way for a long time so look at that can't blame vince this time can you you know what i mean and i've always said that like that doesn't mean that there's not some some issues in regards to that but it does mean that it's not all vince you know it's the way that you remember him and it reminds me of uh recently then we have like a we had the guy who uh was george's father in uh seinfeld right he died you know what i'm talking about right i know the guy but the, the name escaped me he's also in king of queens anyway that guy and i remember thinking man but then when i saw the picture of him he was so much older than the way i remembered him from being on the sitcom because this in syndication so they're like stuck they're they're almost like stuck in time they're frozen in time for you because you're going to remember them the way you remember them the most so of course you're always going to see vince is right there in that gorilla but you have to believe that vince mcmahon even at his age can't always uh be in gorilla ben ben still is dad you're right still forgot his first name so i'm a terrible human being 
just because I have so much going on right now. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot going on. It's 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 one of those episodes. <laughs> but you can't exactly blame uh you can't blame him for that. You know, just like I said last week, people blame Vince because Vince is the only one they know by name. And that's like, what really it, makes it, it rough. It, it really seems like that's only as far as it ever goes because that's the only ever actual reason I ever see. Yeah. No, oh, that is one of the reasons. That, like I said, no job security. There also, uh, because we're going to talk about it, but as you've seen on Dynamite, we've had Mike Kyoto for a couple of weeks, senior referee, yep. former referee Mike Kyoto, and even Jericho talked about that on his Saturday Night Special. For those of you that don't know, Jericho does a Saturday Night Special where he just goes on camera and just answers questions of fans, which is pretty cool. I've pretty actually, cool. I've actually accidentally been catching it live. Like I just happened to lately have been home at that time, and I see the live thing, and I just bring him up on my television, and he's he's pretty interesting. He talked about the Mike Kyoto thing, and it's just another one of those examples of this has nothing to do with who you are or uh, how good you, the, you 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 were with the company or how many years you were. Like, when they need to cut your head off, they're going to just cut your head off. And uh, I'm going to let you guys check this out. What are your thoughts on the AW debut of Mike Kyoto? Or if you're cheating chunk, Mike Kyoto. Uh, yeah, Cody and I had been talking about having... Um, uh, Mikey come in, Kiki. Although me and Rock used to call him Chi Chi. And then he became Kiki, if you heard talk to Jericho. So um we were thinking like we should maybe try and bring him in. We, I mean, we asked Tony Khan, but you know, this is the middle of a pandemic and bringing in a referee and we've got referees. But we always said if, if the time is right, let's bring him in for a big match. And um I mean, uh Cody's very smart. He brought him in, made that TNT match team special. And then uh, asked me if I wanted to use him. I thought, well, we could really use him in this match and make a story around it. You know, if you want a job, you better do the right thing. Do the right thing. And, of course, when the time comes, he turns his back, takes it away. I really like that match. I wish we would have had another minute or two minutes to to really flesh out that story. I hate fucking rushing. It's But it's one of the things in live TV, and and I've been doing it for, you know, 25 years. You You gotta just cut the ballast and cut the bait and just make sure you get that freaking finish in before it ends, you know, before the time ends. But I loved having Mike there. He's a great guy. We really have toured the world together. I really did save his job 18 years ago or whatever it was. Um, he had gotten into some trouble with something. So uh, actually, Triple H and I were working extensively at that point in time. And we both uh, thought Kyoto was the best referee in the business, which he was and still is one of them. So uh, we went to Vince and, 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 and Vince decided to cut him a break. He, you know, like... He's been working there for 35 years. And the fact he's still not working there now is ridiculous. The fact that some guys didn't go to bat for him, or maybe they did, but if, if, if nobody, I would have went to bat for him. I went to bat for him to bring him into AEW. So I love Kyoto. He's a great guy. And, um, uh, he's not signed with us, but hopefully we can, uh, have him, um, come back with us, uh, more. So, you know, that's another thing. The senior referee wasn't safe. You know, people who are going to retire. Right people who have been here for decades that I've literally, I can't remember wrestling without, you know, people like Earl Hebner, Mike Kyoto, all of the old refs, Tim White, the refs I grew up with. And he literally, they'll just fire you, man. That independent contractor shit is vile because, and I've said it before, because on one side of it, they don't hold any obligation to you health wise or anything or any, they could cut you loose whenever the fuck they want. It, it completely protects them. But on the other side, they can prevent you from all kinds of things. You know what I mean? They control when you can be in movies. They control who you can work with, who you can work for, your hours, everything. But you're an independent contractor. Then after they blow your opportunities, you're left with jack shit if they decide to cut you loose. Tell me the fucking joke. <laughs> the fucking joke. 
you know, and, and again, more and more of these situations are coming out because as much as it was bad, um, the pandemic has helped certain things come to light because releasing these people left them unhinged. They were willing to talk about what they needed to, what needed to be said, yeah. you know, because now they know they have no reason to ever go back to this hellhole. So yeah. it's like, fuck it, let's pop the top and see how they ask you how they handle it. Yeah. Thoughts on Mike Yoda being released. It I, like, literally just like I grew, I grew up with Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto has been a ref as long as I've been a fan of the business. He's one of those faces like guys like him and Rudy Charles. There's certain faces I know those guys. So to hear see him get let go, and I'm like, it it, it doesn't fucking make sense. Like this was a guy, I I think he was the first ref I ever saw take a ref bump, and I legit thought the man died. <laughs> he's been such a part of so many wrestling fans and so many different generations for them to just, all right, cool. You're done. It, it literally just shows they have as little respect for these people's livelihoods as they do us. And it's, 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 it's a lack of loyalty, man. It's a total lack of loyalty. But yet there's people who will ride or die for this piece of shit company. Like, you know, and they try to say it's like a family until things like that happen. But it's, <laughs> Did you catch, I talked about it with you last week, did you catch Rusev talking with Ryback? Remember when I said, of course, you know that the two of them got together and they had a bunch of nice things to say. Did you catch uh, any of it? I hadn't gotten the chance. But I've heard little sneaks and peeks here and there, here and there. There's, hmm, some, real, some, shit. there's some real shit in there. I'm going to link you guys to the whole thing. Oh, God. But there's some stuff in here, man. When these two got together and talked, that it, it'll just, if you're not already frustrated, you're hearing, this is again, you're hearing from the people. This isn't just word has it on the street or the dirt sheet. You're hearing it from the people who were in the company. Some of the stuff that Rusev says, when you really hear how hard this guy tried, which I really dig Rusev, and I miss the fact that we don't get to see him anymore. Even though he's on Twitch, that, it's not dude, the same. that dude's absolutely incredible. When you hear how hard this guy tried, it goes to show that it's just hopeless. It's like you probably can count him out. You know, I'm gonna. Oh, they're they're counting out. I, I, like I've said before, before we even play this, when you join the WWE, you're officially okay with never being the best. Yeah, I need you to hear you are this. Always second best. I'm gonna link you guys to the whole thing, but when you just hear this man and the effort he went through, there we go. There were Rusev Day shirts everywhere, and I was kind of in my own little bubble, and I go, holy shit, this is much bigger than even I thought. You could always tell by the shirts, but that was, man, that's no easy task. I mean, it's nothing that I did different at the same time. You know, I was just, and even even the office admitted that they should not let me go on Total Divas. That's been said. That's been documented. Yes. They think that exposed me. But I think that showed my personality. That's not exposing. That's showing who I am. And people and said I they always, loved you. Yeah. Well, at the end, they said they hated us. I don't know what's going But anyways, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, I wanted to do this. Kurt Angle, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Maybe number two, maybe number one He's between Hogan and him. He always did the same thing backstage. He had that personality that people can fall in love with. And in the ring, he was kicking everybody's ass. No doubt about it. Aggression, everything, every up and down. Kurt Angle, one of the greatest of all time. Why can't I do that? Why can't I show my personality backstage? And why can't I go in the ring and do what I do? And then I was told, don't look at the people. Don't smile. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's like, really? Because everything I'm doing, it seems like the people liking it. Yeah. You know? So why am I getting over and you're telling me to do the opposite? And I don't understand. And that's where we had all the conversation with Vince. And he said that Russo, they, they're just fucking with you. They don't mean it. 
That's crazy to me. That's yeah. I had two meetings with two meetings with that same man. You know how it, it's not easy. Yeah, but opportunities come so much once you leave that bubble, and I mean the WWE bubble, yeah. because you've been there. You know how many opportunities come, but they don't let you to do ninety percent of them. It was one of my and biggest some, gripes. It was yes. I, that's like the Flex Magazine cover with Hunter, and they twice, and they told me no. And it destroyed me. And then him and Stephanie were on the month I was supposed to be in the Bella Twins. But it is what it is. Yeah, It's very discouraging because you love working out. You love bodybuilding. This is part of your life. And and you've seen all these, all these, your idols on Flex Magazine all your life. Of course you want to get there. It's a limited, it's a rare opportunity. And you, you, you can't. Yeah. It's crazy. People don't understand it. It's how many opportunities like that present themselves in life. Where they come up to you and say, Madison Square Garden, we want you on our worldwide international cover with Feed Me More on the cover. And then, no, it's not happening. It's like, then people don't understand when you're a little upset over things. It, but it is discouraging, yes. It just, it makes no sense, like, to me. I, it's not like I'm asking you to pay me more money. No. It's not like I'm asking for any, like, the opportunity is there. And yes, the opportunity did come from you and WWE together. Absolutely. But at the same time, what it is so impossible for me to take a, because there's gazillions of WWE superstars doing it. Yeah. Like, what am I so different? What, and see, that's what, that's what baffles me with you because you, <clears throat> and this goes back when I was there and Hunter told me when I was in that, in that top position or working in that. And then the contract negotiations were coming up and he goes, Ryan, and he was just shooting me straight. He goes, we're never going to have another marquee name after Cena ever again. He's the last one. And I, in my, I've told people this. I firmly believe that and you reach that you could have been in there and you are and you are that. And I, I, I hate saying you could have been because it's you are you organically created it. That megastar that they are are essentially fucking with history in the way I think things are supposed to go by not allowing people to realize their full potential. But I think and they'll, they'll tell you whatever they can tell you just to get past that moment and do get out of that. And it's like Rusev Day when. All that, the only thing that needs to change in that is you show up to the building and you're told you're going over that day and we're going to run. Just go with it. You just go with that natural. And it's a really tough pill to swallow being in that and like in your position. You say you talk to Vince twice, but people don't realize you try. You, you can, you got to be respectful of the boss. It is his company. You can only do so much when you're there. I'm like, okay, there's no way the office doesn't notice this because it's before, after, during the show. It's everywhere, Every- right? Which I'm so flattered. And once again, I did nothing different. The people just decided that, hey, man, yeah, Rusev Day, yeah, for whatever reason, they just, they started the whole you thing. You opened yourself That's- up to the people, though. So you can't say you didn't do it. You took a chance and, and let people see the real you, which a lot of people won't do in the business. So you actually did do a lot more than you think in, in that is a result showed on WWE TV, in my opinion. Right. And were then you number you just, one in merch at that point too? Did your was your stuff top selling for yeah, sure? Yeah, top over AJ Roman, everybody. Whoa, see that that doesn't happen. That that's not people fucking with you. <laughs> not and that's why that was my second meeting. The first meeting was like they're fucking with you. They don't mean what they're saying. I'm like, okay, so the first one again, I respect, right? So yeah, I listen. I always want to learn from Vince because Vince knows a lot. He's a, he so is I, a very good businessman. So I I sit and listen, sir. Okay, I I let's see if that's what you're thinking. And he had absolutely everybody on his side, of course, because quite a few producers came and they're like, oh, they don't mean it. They're just messing with you. I'm like, in my mind, I know that's not true. 
in my mind, 1,000%. Before the show, they would change Rusev Day. It's, Are they messing with me? I don't know. Seg one. Let's go spend $150 on this guy's merchandise just to mess with him. <laughs> yeah, just to mess with him. Oh, wow. Really? That makes sense? And oh. then you know what they started doing? They started putting my segments early so the Rusev Day chance can go away. Really? And then... Yes. And there was a period where I was not even supposed to be at their WrestleMania. I don't know if you know that. The no. one that I lost gender in my height of my career of Marusa Day. I was not even supposed to be at WrestleMania. I was not on TV for three weeks. For wow. three weeks, I'm not on TV. And at this point, I'm just sitting backstage and listening to these people all night chanting Rusev Day. And I went at, at, at this point, I just couldn't. And I went to Steve G, like one of the writers. I'm like, yo, this is not right. This is the first time I actually yelled at a writer, which I feel really bad. Yeah. But he's like, whoa, we don't know what to do. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what to do? Just listen. Just stay here and listen. They'll tell you what to do. And then at the same time when they were saying, oh, we're looking for new talent. We're going to promote. And everybody said, Rusev Day. Rusev Day and Shane goes, duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> duly noted. This guy's going down, brother. <laughs> oh. But once again, I don't understand because yeah. the more money I make, the That's, more money WWE makes. Yes. So I'm busting my ass to get to the top level. And finally, I'm getting close. After and years of being there. Yes. And they're shoving me down and I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, what am I here fighting for? Like in NXT, you fight to get to the main roster because you're going to make more money. You're going to have a better life for yourself. Yeah. So you fight every day with yourself, with nobody else. And WWE, you can fight with yourself all you want. And I did everything. Like I started getting into acting classes. I went to, uh, I started working on my body. I started doing all the extra stuff because I said, I'm not going to have nothing that I can say. Well, this guy is not going to this. This guy is not going to this. Yeah. I said, I'll be covered 100%. Yep. And still like, and then, and when the Vince the second time said, we're fucking, we, I'm like, this is, I sat down and said, Vince, we, have sold out all of our merchandise. We beat Roman. We beat AJ. We beat everybody. He's like, what do you mean? Like the sh- the shirt is sold out. The merch is sold out. He's like, well, maybe they didn't make they didn't make enough. I'm like, they didn't make enough shirts. That's why my shirt is sold out. Not because we're doing good. Really? Yeah. You're gonna give me with that excuse? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> case rested. <laughs> Fuck this company. Uh, Here's a newsflash uh, And just for the record Rusev don't feel bad That motherfucker is worthless That's what you call Over Well Rusev good luck man All that money but they couldn't make enough t-shirts Okay (sighs) Because guess what either way That you either look like a liar Or you look like you are beyond stupid One You're lying to him and trying to make up an excuse For his shirt selling out Or two Somehow, by the power of Grayscale and Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, whichever ones you want to bring in, too, you didn't make enough shirts. Yeah. And and we're hearing it from the people. And again, we can't just say that we're just hating on WWE here, man. Like, I'm just letting people speak their minds. We're listening to different podcasts. It takes hours to even attain the information from the credible, actual source and not just tell you we heard it because we read it. And You know what I mean? And it's like you're hearing it from them, man. You know? That's the whole point. Like I said before, I think we, you know, I don't try to pat myself on the back, but I kind of feel like I, I try to work a little bit harder on this than I think the average uh, place you would listen to as far as just finding the information and knowing what so they're talking about. You know, like I don't want to just, oh, we heard, because you could just read all the headlines, just scroll the headlines and you hear the shit. But when you hear it from the person that you know, that you've seen, that you watch play video games and laugh and be a character and all this other shit and be on a reality show and you hear the, the shit they've gone through, which we, I think we've gone through five or six just tonight alone. 
Uh, you know, it, it just it kind of shows you that when you hear people complaining about them, they're not jaded AEW fans. And I know that's become a thing now. Like now this shit has become like Mets and Yankees where now people are hating on each other for real because of your choice of allegiance. Or if you choose or if you criticize WWE, you're an AEW mark automatically or vice versa. It's it's about looking at what's happening, man. You know, it has nothing to do with that. I criticize AEW for the things that they do, but on a humane level. They have yet to offend me the way WWE has. I'm not. You know talking. what it is. You know exactly why it is, Rick. Mm-hmm. Because when AEW messes up, no, no matter how bad they mess up, you see that they at least thought that out. Exactly. You see the thought process, and not just trying to bury aside. somebody because they're a bunch of insecure fucks with a lot of money. And all and all storylines and stuff and booking aside, like when I say humane level, I just mean like in a lot of these stories, and that's what all these stories have in common. They they hurt people outside of the business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the story of Mickey James, this is a veteran, and she felt shitted on. She was grateful, but at the same time, she spoke there. You could hear that it was like a shoot. She was like, "It's bullshit." Like they they they, we had something we could have done there, and they did the wrong thing instead. With Shaw Guerrero. You're hearing her. It's like it it felt like crap. The way they they put an expectation on me that even you, my own mother, didn't do. Where they wanted exactly. me to be more more Latina, they wanted me to be more this, they wanted me to be more that. It's like really, I, I, that, mean, uh, like, I, I could throw a, a great a example when it comes to you. As much as as critical as are you, the women's division, you still see them at least trying. Yeah, you still yeah. see them trying to do new things, like hey, let's try a tag tournament, let's try to bring in this girl, let's try to bring in that girl. It's failing, yes, but they are trying to make yeah. it succeed. But like I said, again, the humane level of it being yeah. the, how quick they are to release people and just let people go yeah. and cut people loose. And then you hear about the missed opportunities. They could have been on muscle magazines on Times Square. They could have done this. They want bodybuilding opportunities. And then to hear that they like, like right back when he told that story before about how he asked to be on that muscle and fitness or whatever. And they told him no. And then Stephanie and Triple H and the Bellas on the bottom instead. It's like literally yeah. taking opportunities and just, you know, and then when you leave the people, you leave them with nothing and they could have at least have that. You want it's like you almost like you want them to be fully dependent on you as a company just so that you'll have the power over them to be able to pull the plug when you want to which and then with rusev just very straight line and and that's what AEW takes away and yeah with rusev you know i could see vince's perspective in the beginning when he says they're fucking with you i know what he means because sometimes that's fans you know the the rusev they chance sometimes you know the way fans could be but yeah when they when your merchandise sells and they keep doing it now rusev day is a thing sometimes fucking with you is how things start that's how the you suck thing became really popular. Exactly. So you can't they were just be like they're fucking with you. Some, some, made, of the best, some of the best angles have come with, from people fucking with you. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, I, I think that's poor logic coming from Vince's side. And I've said before, when Rusev was still that regular, ridiculous Dolph Lundgren Rusev, um, and we used to watch Up, Up, Down, Down, I was like, man, this guy, he plays video games and shit, and he likes The Last Dragon, and he's really funny, and he, like, he, he, he's like a hardcore gamer too because i remember they asked him when they had him on there the first time when they first gave him his name and shit when woods gave him like his official up up down down name and they asked him what games he had i remember at first i didn't know if he was trolling because he said he had he gets he picks all of them up like that was one of his first things in the interview and i was like what and then now you realize he legit this is a gamer he plays everything he has gets all the consoles plays all the games he loves like the american culture he loves the 80s stuff he marked out when they brought in uh, the last dragon guy, Leroy. Yeah. You know, he's in fact, like, uh, when you cast the on demand of this one, if you cast the video, that moment in the clip. And what were we saying on here at the time? We were like, man, this guy really, if they let him have that personality, they'd see how great he is. And they did. 
They did for to an extent, yeah. but then they pulled it, it back. It was a blast. You know, it's kind of like they always take things that are just organically good and they fuck it up. You know, Barrett recently, Wade Barrett was on uh, Stu Bennett. He was on the recent uh, podcast where he talked about, I don't have time to bring everything I hear on here, but he, he talked about the bad news thing and how it was something for the JBL and Cole show that they were doing on YouTube. And it was getting a pop there and they were having fun with it. And then um, they forced him to put it on the thing. And he was like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But they did it, which, as you saw, it kind of dove up and then dived down. You know, it's just one of those things that came and went. But, yeah, they don't really know how to let things organically be good without being taking control and ruining it. And sometimes they just keep you they, they just keep you down. There's no other way to put it. And with Rusev, that's what it sounds like. Like, he kept going to them, trying to find a way, trying to find an out, and they just didn't want to have it. They weren't having it with him. They don't like when you get over on your own because then they can't take credit for it and look like the hero. Yeah. But anyway, that's it for our talks about them for this week. We got to get into We got a poll coming, guys, because guess what? We got WWE Payback this upcoming Sunday. They're not giving you even a week break from pay-per-views. But before we even get into that, we do have to discuss some business that was happening in regards to our AEW, which we now had the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament exclusive to YouTube. Uh, the two matches that we had was Big Swall and Little Swall versus the Nightmare Sisters, which I believe the Nightmare Sisters actually went over, right? Yep. And, uh, and then you had Diamante and Ivelisse against Anna Jay and Taya Tay Conti and Diamante and Ivelisse go over, which sets them up for the finals going into AEW Dynamite. Uh, I'm not going into everything AEW Dynamite. Just gonna, if there's anything you want to talk about, Dustin, you're welcome to bring whatever up. But, uh, we had Tully who's officially managing FTR at ringside during their match and stuff. Uh, afterwards you had the Eddie Kingston pep talk to the jobbers, which I guess they're essentially like a stable now. They're a stable of jobbers. Jobless Davis. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I know Butcher and the Blade, they job, but the Lucha Brothers win. I don't know if they got lost or something. Like, these are not your kind, did he? <laughs> yeah. They had, uh, Jericho come out, which I'm now, and I'm now starting to enjoy it a little bit less. The Jericho stuff's not fun anymore. Yeah. Um, it's become a little bit too cartoony. Like, the orange juice thing, I kind of felt was the boundary. That was the line. And then when it kept happening, they crossed it. Like, his name's Orange Cassidy. I get it. I don't need orange fucking juice all the time. Um, I didn't before, and it's not really doing anything for the angle now. Um, but also, just now, taking it to that next step. What is it going to be? A mimosa match? A mimosa mayhem match. <laughs> you see, I get it, what they're going for. It's like Jericho is more... AEW than I ever thought he would be, you know. And I don't know if that's a good it, thing or a bad thing. It's weird because it's like it feels like he's in a situation where it's like, okay, I haven't been able to just have this much fun, so he's just going full throttle, not realizing sometimes you gotta back it down just a hair. Yeah, and then they, of course the we have the uh, inner circle who wind up surrounding the ring and down beating the hell out of Cassidy, dousing him in the bubbly. Uh, so you know that angle's progressing. I love how we don't even call it champagne, but we call it the bubbly. Yeah, that's the reason it's mimosa, right? Because they're mix, mixing his bubbly with the oranges. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> FTR is trying to recruit Hangman essentially into their horsemen, is what it looks like. Because we got Tully, who's basically managing them. We already got Sean Spears, who are part of it, and then they kind of they were buttering him up about how he was one of the only people who was really concerned about their well-being during that injury debacle we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so we'll see where that leads. Looks like slowly the seeds are being planted there. Thunder Rosa from the NWA shows up. The NWA Women's Champion. She does like a promo. What the fuck was that? You tell me. You know yeah. the Lucha people. What was that? I about? mean, 
So yeah, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, she's actually in Mexico. She is a pretty big name. But yeah, pretty much Thunder Rose is coming for Sheeta. Which that was the last person I expected to see show up and um challenge Carter Sheeta to a match. Like I haven't seen Thunder Rosa in a long it's been a few years since I last seen her. But yeah, that was that was a surprising name to show up. That's that should be an intriguing little matchup, those two going at it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know too much about her. She did a good promo there. Yeah. I didn't mind. But uh Yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Uh main important thing that happened here was Cody Rhodes versus Brody Lee. And this is for the TNT championship, right? Yep. Um what the fuck are your thoughts here? <laughs> this was damn. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of. You're right. I, no, no, I don't even know if I want to say I didn't expect the finish, but then again, considering we have Cody and Broly Lee, I didn't. I, I figured I was like, okay, this could go either way, but then it's like all the stuff after two. So yeah, there it is. Let's just talk a little bit about what happens here, because Cody was completely destroyed. He drop kicks bro- Cody. He throws him out of the ring. He whips him into the barricade. He big boots him over it. Hammer fists him a bit, chops him, slaps him in the back of the head like a child. You know, then back in the ring, he smashes him into the corner, superplexes him, pulls him up by the back of his pants. Uh, German suplexes him. Uh, a bunch of shitty things like that. He super kicks him twice to a two count. You know, they had that attempted power bomb that we have up there, which was the first super kick. You know, and then of course, uh, the second super kick, he gets a two count out of that and he pulls him up and he hits him with the clothesline from hell. <laughs> yeah. His signature discus clothesline and Mr. Brody Lee is TNT champion. And that's well and good, but did it have to be a match where he destroys Cody Rhodes completely? Yeah. That's kind of my only gripe. I wanted to see a little more even, but. You know, I just found it kind of strange, didn't you? Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like I didn't expect this kind of physicality from Brody, but it's like I figured Cody would at least have a little bit more of an answer. Yeah, which he didn't, you know? No? Craziness, man. Didn't expect to see that level of domination like that from him. Like, he he ran through Cody. Yeah. Which, yeah, that was something else, which I guess they're making the feud. It was going to be the elite against the Dark Order. I guess they're moving on to the Nightmare Family against the Dark Order, because essentially by the end of this, the entire Nightmare Family winds up paying for it. Yeah, you could explain. I was going to say, yeah, pretty much Arn winds up catching some of the beating. Dusted pretty much anybody within the vicinity of the Dark Order wound up just catching a beating. Like, and it was at time, like when it got to, when, when Arn started getting it, it almost started getting a little uncomfortable because I was like, oh God, Arn's going to bump. But yeah. And then Brandy gets stopped by the girl. Yeah. Anna J got her something in there too. Choked her out. Yeah. No, it was definitely brutal. So that's what the feud is. And I like, hey, guess what? The Dark Order. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. You have a presence now. I notice you. I can almost tell who's who. There you go. Hey, that's an upgrade. Yeah. Where was Allie? Where was Ali to protect the Nightmare family? <laughs> you probably see, somewhere get the fuck out of here. Like, her boyfriend's out there. I didn't see. I didn't see. Oh, QT was out. Yeah, QT, QT was, was out, there too, out yeah. there too. You know, 
that's going to be the thing, right? That's going to be the dissection in the family. If in case there wasn't already enough reasons, the fact that they never got along in the family. Where the fuck were you? Well, where were you? <laughs> oh God! That is AEW, which, according to the Wrestling yeah. Observer newsletter, they're going to be taping two weeks worth of television from the Daily's place, and they're going to be bringing in the fifteen percent of the audience that they're allowed to fill it up with. So uh, we'll have somewhat of a crowd in there. Yeah. And then also, I mean, the only other really thing I actually came out of Dynamite was uh, we did have the finale to the Tet Women's Tag Tournaments. You're absolutely right. We did. You can yeah. come to that. Uh, that's your team, right? Nightmare Sisters versus Eva Lise and Diamante. Well, they pulled the trigger and blah, La Cicadas, Eva Lise and Diamante win the Women's Tag Team Champion, win Tag Team Tournament, I want to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, look at that, a team that you followed, which they brought back together, yeah. because thank God it wasn't, you know, you followed them all the way from, uh, where were they from again? For, well, Eva Lee's, I followed her since Lucha Underground. Yeah, and I and followed her. And Diamante, I followed her in LAX and TNA. Yeah, and Eva Lee's, I remember her as Sofia Cortez in NXT. Yep. And uh, I, I remember Diamante from a little bit from her stint in NXT, where Oscar killed her, yeah. and then in TNA a little bit. But yeah, the two of them were a known tag team, and they won, thankfully, not the fucking Nightmare yeah. Sisters. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it was kind of cool um, when they went to have the little celebration they, ceremony at the top of the ramp. That's what they do, Quest. That's what the two of them do. Yeah, that that's basically their whole thing. Like, But um, when they were at the top of the ramp, instead of taking the flowers, they threw the, to- the, the flowers down and pulled out their flags. So definitely showing um, an incredible amount of pride. I'm so happy for those two. Like, if AEW has not signed them yet, sign them. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you have a hell of a pairing on your hands. And we've already seen clearly, they have no problem kicking the shit out of each other. So you can do damn near anything you want to with them. Yes, sir. So that brings us to our last two parts here. We're going to talk about Raw to get you guys ready for that payback voting. Uh, Just going to talk about some of the stuff on Raw. I'm not talking about all of them. I'm not going to talk about Raw Underground or the Beatdown Clan or the the Beat Uh. Clan or what are they called now? The Hurt, the Hurt Crap those guys with the faces so. whatever the fuck they are but anyway um i love the salty we talked about on the channel but i love the salty walk for the <laughs> ramp bailey and sasha had the, the salty walk where sasha's walking with one title bailey's walking with two but bailey felt awkward about it so she tried to walk she tried to walk six feet ahead of sasha practically ahead of she tried to do her like that tori wilson did to jerry like she was keeping a distance <laughs> it was smart to do because she was keeping the title in front of her around her waist the way a mother would do to a small child that wants to keep her kid away from the bad woman. Like she had like all up in front while she was walking on the ramp. But very awkward, very uncomfortable for everybody involved. Um and I even jokingly said that Bailey should have offered for Sasha to hold this title. You know, I would have cheered her <laughs> right up. Hey, here, hold mine. It was not the fuck up visual. Which she wound up doing anyway because I ringside she had to hold the three titles when this match was going on. Oh uh, my God. But yeah, that was the bestie situation there. Like you said, get her a replica at WWE shop. Right, might as well. Shit, cheap plug. For <laughs> See, you can pretend. Mm-hmm. So this match is interesting. You have Bailey versus Shayna Baszler, and for the most part, Bailey was beating the shit out of Shayna Baszler. Like at one point, she even did the the, the, the grapple taunt where she got on top of her and she sort of body surfed her back and went ha 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 woo. Like literally, like Bailey, like it wasn't just Bailey, like it was dominating. It, it's once again WWE waving their dick in the air, showing you the NXT stats don't mean anything, which they love to remind you of, which they would do with WCW back when they were a thing. They'd bring someone here who was a big deal and then go, nope, not here. Because Shayna 
was not formidable at all. Like they were throwing her around like she was nothing. Yeah. Like they were even presenting character wise Bailey being a way bigger dude than Shayna. Like when Nia Jax backstage told Shayna, "You sh- why are you so happy? You have to fight Bailey tonight." Like implying like Bailey will fuck you up. You know, like they kind of know their place in the hierarchy of wrestling right now. So it's just funny to see that Bailey, both storyline wise and uh, booking wise, is just being booked as this dominant person who beat the shit out of you because really go back and look at how much Shayna Baszler is the most in her whole career I've seen her crawl around the ring and desperately try not to die in her whole career it's fucking crazy like this and, girl didn't used to murder people in NXT like, and what? it's not even like Bailey had a hard time or was winded or anything you know what I mean the whole yeah. thing she was giggling and laughing Sasha was dancing out there with the titles they were partying and you see Bailey <laughs> Shayna's out there like half she's losing color and shit she's gasping for air reaching up for the ropes trying to roll the safety and shit I'm like this is unbelievable it's amazing and even though I've been watching this company for decades and that's what I'm used to they bring you here even from their own shit and they want to mark you and make sure that you know that here you're not as strong like man did they do it to Shayna I have to go back and watch it just because it's fascinating to see it booked that way because she was rolling around and it's not like Bailey. Bailey's a, a strong champion but Bailey never rocks people like that <laughs> you know what I mean so that was definitely never. that was definitely a point being made maybe they don't like the internet darlings out there you know what I mean the people complaining the IWC bitching that they don't get uh, enough Shayna Baszler they gave it to you people with actual common sense yeah the man the way she was rolling around even at, even at the point where i said in the chat room man she's kicking her ass like i hadn't even realized how much more of the ass kicking there was left to be had like we weren't <laughs> even at, when i said man she's kicking her ass we weren't even at the halfway point i looked up thinking here comes the comeback and hopefully the comeback will make up for some of that and the comeback the never comeback came. came she kept kicking her ass naya interfering and pulling her away saved her ass if any it looked more like a save good thing naya was there otherwise bailey would have killed you you know, and so, can, can, can we like do something with this Nia Jax coming back looking like she just walked out of the house for the first time look like what yeah and we got let's not forget that later on they teamed up they were like look even though uh, we've been violent and we fought in a fucking underground blood sport last week and before that we tried to take each other out and been, you know let, look we, let's be friends because I really want those titles and they sort of agreed but at the end uh, you know when when uh Naya told her, just follow my lead. She gave her the friendship slap, I guess. Okay, slap yeah. a friendship. He slap the friendship slap. Those are always good. That was just okay. Oh, she slap friendship slap. Yep. That was it. That was the friendship slap right there. Uh, what else happened with Alistair Black, who shows up on the Kevin Owens show? My girlfriend jokingly said that he's like a dog now because he's scared of the steps. When we looked at the steps, he didn't oh. go near them. He was like, oh, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll roll into the ring. I won't be on the steel steps anymore. Bad flashbacks. Uh, what else do we have? Wait, Keith Lee. What would happen with the Alistair Black thing? How did that? Is- oh, right, right. Let's uh, not forget yeah, about he it. He turned, he turned heel there. That's Owens right. Turned. Owens is being as nice as you ever would expect him to be. And this guy, Black Mass, is him. And uh, I guess he's just unhinged now because of what happened to his eye. You can't beat the person who did it to you, so beat somebody else up, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Keith Lee has his debut. He interrupts Randy Orton, who's giving one of his Legend Killer promos. But they already fucked him over because they took his music, the cool music that he had that I really enjoy, that I would sing along and rap along to like a geek is now gone because instead we're replaced with some cryptic, generic bullshit. Ruined already. You see? And I said it. I called it it for too good to be true, man. Too good to be true. It's like it. 
it sucks to have my taste. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it sucks to have been a Cody Rhodes fan back when he had the Doctor Doom mask. It sucks to have been a fan of Keith Lee or Apollo Crews back when he was Uha Nation or Kalisto back when he was Samurai Del Sol. Like it keeps hurting and burning because Keith Lee is another one of those guys. Maybe it doesn't go as far back as the Indies, but when we saw him in, well, it really does because we watched yeah, him in PWG he was and Ring of Honor doing like he, he was yeah. in ROH as a security guard thing with Shane Taylor, and then he was in Evolve and PWG. Yeah. So so it's like it just sucks that like here is one of my favorite people and it just feel it already doesn't feel like they're doing him right you know it oh they're the it's not even a feeling they're not at this yeah. point I, i'm just waiting for him to be on main event job and like rick moss like ollie and here we are talking about how mickey james makes her return and she's being disrespected in a good match she could have had when italia so that seth rollins can do his preaching shit and they didn't and they interrupt the keith lee randy orton thing well i don't even remember what did they interrupt it for for Drew, oh yeah, because this for happened Drew, earlier in the that's night. That's right for Drew um, because yeah, Drew wants revenge. Oh my god! For, this is what they decided to do. First of all, let, let's uh, let's flash back to a time when uh, the punt used to be used to write people off TV. Okay, so Drew McIntyre comes out, does his promo, celebrates on the ramp. Randy Orton attacks him from behind. They get to the, the back to go position. Orton punts him once. McIntyre's still trying to get up. He's still moving around. Orton punts him again. And somehow, I don't know if it's alien technology or what, McIntyre's still somewhat moving around, which is kind of funny. We didn't mention it last week, but um, Sean, nice job selling that punt, buddy. But uh, <laughs> like you haven't been fucking punted before. But then we get to this match and it gets interrupted because here comes Drew McIntyre fighting with randy orton like he didn't get punted twice but you see him like slightly selling it here and there kind of like moving around stumbling yeah. just gingerly the, the punt's not as protected anymore being overused the yeah, punt's so. buried at this point yeah so that that was stupid uh we have mark henry brought out for i guess some sort of the affiliation between apollo cruz and uh bobby lashley what was i don't even know what the hell was his point of being i, 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 I think that's probably too deep but whatever it was, Mark Henry, he calls Apollo Crews Cedric the Entertainer, and then he corrects himself and goes, well, he's not exactly an entertainer, it's Cedric Alexander, which he is not that either. She literally mistaken him for two different black wrong, guys. Wrong black same, guy, Mark like, Henry. 10 second window. He's supposed to be like the, Al, the, the fucking Al Sharpton of WWE. What are you doing getting black oh guys? My God. <laughs> he's not Cedric the Entertainer. He's not Cedric Alexander. He's Apollo. Oh. I wish he would have went for three and called him Apollo Creed by mistake. How many? Oh, how many? my God. That would have been fantastic. How many black guys do you have to pull out of your little black book, pun, pun intended, before we get the right one with, <sighs> with this fucking segment? Anyway, uh, what else happened? Not Lana and Natalia, they pay tribute to Mickey James like we talked about earlier. They bring up a, a thing that's supposed to be a highlight of all of her career special um, moments, and it, there's nothing on it, which I felt like was a direct jab in response to what happened there. Who knows? Uh Shane's once again doing Raw Underground. I'm not going, I don't really even pay attention. So if you want to know what happened on Raw Underground, YouTube that shit because I'm not really looking. To me, it's all a blur of just nonsense. The only thing that, uh, really amuses me about Raw Underground, and you're going to laugh when you hear this, is you know, whenever, whenever Shane, uh, is about to walk through the door he has that guy there and there's always some chaos happening, but he looks at that guy and he's like, oh, gonna be a good night. Like, he's like, yes, sir. It reminds me of Judge Judy and Bird. Remember Bird? <laughs> That's what I think of when I see Shane now and his boy outside the thing. Like, cause the guy's not really involved in nothing, but when he sees like the arguments and shit, just when they're about to go in and he like, he always looks over at him like, yeah, man, you know, 
crazy all stuff. All I'm saying, it's like that's what he not is. To he's, cut you he's, off. he's Shane McMahon's bird. <laughs> all I'm saying is not to cut you off, but from what I'm looking at, all I'm saying is you know what to do for the screenshot now. No, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. Yes, yes. If they will abolish our eyes with this segment, you fucking do it. <laughs> that's what he reminds me of. It's like Shane McMahon has his own bird now. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> You know, Stuart, you ain't ever watched Judge Judy, you know. You know she'll scream at somebody and she'll look over at Bird and be like, Bird, can you believe this guy? No, ma'am, I can't. Oh, my God. Can you believe this bird? bird? No, Mr. Shane, I can't. Oh, my God. Uh, backstage, Drew's having a backstage interview. A mid-interview, Orton shows up and he punts him. And it's strange because he's good Third at that now. It's time. like, his, the punt, you know what? The punt has gone from being, it's like gone from a season one Kamehameha to a season five Kamehameha, where like he doesn't need to charge it at all or build it up. He could just break that shit out like Ponte Hunte Ha. <laughs> you know, like literally there was mid stride. Right mid stride, he just kicks your fucking face off now. Just like a, like a Goomba to a Cooper Trooper, you know, like literally this man is just kicking your damn face off. Kudos to him. You could, he could do, he could break out the air punts now, right? That's what this really is, more or less. It's cool. It's so funny. I said it in the chat room. Remember the day when the punt used to be something just write people off TV? Like you didn't see those fuckers for months. Gone. They come I, back. I, with I, I remember. I, I remember when Shawn Michaels got punted. He we didn't see him again. That motherfucker came back and he had a beard. Vince McMahon, you know, who took that nasty punt. Now, now the way it is, next Monday he's going to be like, uh, or or this Sunday even, he's just going to be like Orton when you punted me a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like really, it's that it's that now, right? Like nothing, nothing matters anymore. Like, fuck it. It's at the point now where it's like you can get punted, and then for Shawn Michaels, you literally conduct an interview less than a week later. <sighs> that is crazy. And I love how they try to continue it on. Like at this point, we're supposed to believe that their medical staff gives any ounce of a fuck. Okay, well now they got him in a trainer's room. We're here. Something of a fractured skull and bleeding on the brain. But he'll be okay, fine by Sunday. Okay, now they haven't been a, like what? He'll be fine by Sunday though. <laughs> fractured skull. <laughs> like, and I love how they find that out in the training room, not in the fucking ambulance. I'm trying a little bit too hard here, huh? And there's no such Yo, thing as pacing yourself anymore. The, I get kicked in the temple by a 240 pound man one time, and I'm going straight to the hospital. Let alone three. I really would like a shot at this booking stuff. Yo, and you know what the bad part about it is? I didn't think about it at the time. Yo, props. Props to WWE security. They not only let him get one punt in, they let him get a, let him literally reposition himself, load it up, and get a second one. Yeah, I'm surprised the fucking performance center guy in the stalker didn't come in and get punts. At this point, they could have security, you know, like got two punts off. If I'm looking from a kayfabe standpoint, fucking Bully Ray talking about not breaking kayfabe, so you mean to tell me you could just walk up and just headshot people left and right in this company? Garbage, garbage. Sasha once again taps to Asuka. Bailey once again isn't there for her, but this time it's thanks to Shayna, who basically uh, holds her back. Because they decided to have a lumberjack match where the lumberjacks were literally people we'd already seen tonight. That's all they have. Social distancing. Oh, my God. And lastly, we have father and son versus Rollins and wife. <laughs> yes, I'm bringing so back funny. a joke. I'm bringing back it's a joke so from our Sunday. From our Sunday post-show. If you don't get it, funny, go listen to the, to, to the fucking SummerSlam <laughs> post-show. 
Uh, Dominic, once again, looked good. He's an instant star. I really like this kid. I, I look, look like he's already gotten better. You know, I did enjoy the dramatic moment with the where uh, he asked his father to tag him in for the 619. And there's this pause where Ray looks at him and he's like, you, you're going to do it with me. And like they tag and they do like the double 619. Really feel good moment. But the power flickers right when I'm getting into it, because it seems like that's the that's the thing. They want to yank the carrot in front of you every time I fall for it. And I bother. Trust me, when I say bother, a lot of time I barely look up at the screen. Every time they draw me in and I bother to look up at something that I'm invested in. And I really was happy at all of these. You know, I like the nostalgia. I'm watching Rey Mysterio since I was a fucking kid. You know what I mean? Before even he was in WCW. So this was a cool moment. Um, but no, the fucking power flick so that they could have the retribution guy show up and surround the ring and they beat up Rey and uh, Dominic and... I don't know if they're implying Rollins is with them or if it's just that they showed up and Rollins cowards away. But either way, the match was ruined. Kind of like, you know what? No match has any proper finishes. You notice that everything somebody else pulled you out of the ring nowadays or the power went out or you got jumped. It's like they can't put together even clever finishes anymore. It always has to be on a like they're Vince Russoing themselves now. Not for nothing, because that's the, that and, was a big complaint of Vince Russo. And, that it was always a swerve on a swerve on a swerve, you know. And, and all I'm saying is uh, where were the rest of them? I know there's more. You're doing Vince Russo, one of his biggest flaws, and people don't talk about that enough, is the Scooby-Doo ending he would always do. Where, oh, well, I'm really him. Oh, and I'm really with them. And oh, and I'm really, you know, and it was you were really them. You know, you're pulling off a shirt and underneath you're a different person. But then, nah, that was a trick, too. I didn't really join the stable. I'm actually by myself. There's another shirt under that one or, you know, whatever the fuck. You know, oh, I'm actually not me, you know, or or the finger point, you know. Oh, I'm really still with them. All these things. But it's like, that's what's happening here. And it may not be swerves like that, but it's a lot of interference swerves where we don't get proper ending to matches. And that's perfectly good and well when it's a match that doesn't matter but a lot of these are debut matches or the first time people are in the ring or sometimes their debut on the main roster like in the case of keith lee and i just feel like a little bit more attention can go to returns and debuts but we don't need to have like mickey james shouldn't have to return and rollins and, and murphy on the side doing their profit shit you know keith lee shouldn't have to have his debut here after losing essentially both titles in the fl- in the blink of an eye so that that could just be steamrolled over for the drew mcintyre randy orton feud that he has nothing to do with Give him an angle to come in here with. Jericho was made into a star, not just because he was already over, but because when they got here, they put him against The Rock. The Rock's in the ring. Jericho shows up on the ramp, interrupting The Rock. They did a program with them. It was meaningful. You were already invested because of his debut. And to this day, people talk about how cool Jericho's debut was. And it couldn't have been that cool if he was there to talk about The Rock. And then Stone Cold came out and kicked Jericho to the side. And then the two of them started fighting. And that was the focus. They let Jericho have that for a while. And it helped elevate him. Keith Lee is here. You advertised it like Keith Lee is here. You put it on your pay-per-view as Keith Lee being here. The top of your website had Keith Lee here. The raw graphic, the raw graphic for tonight was just a fucking picture of Keith Lee. When he shows up, can we do something with Keith Lee that doesn't go back to the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton that you've had all fucking pandemic to work on? That can we squeeze this in somewhere else? What was so important that I need to see all the extra punts? And it's just what I worried about. They couldn't keep the fucking guy's music the same. They couldn't even really elevate him or do anything relevant with him. And it just feels sour. And now here we go with almost no setup into the next pay-per-view. It's like, it's like I said before at this point. Every other company out there could fuck up as much as they want as far as I'm concerned. Because at least they'll fuck up with some effort. You know, they're underutilizing Dominic and Rey Mysterio, which is really sad because now they got them. Apparently, Rey Mysterio was already signed. Um... And he's 18 months in. He has an 18-month contract. He has an out clause after 18 months. I guess if he doesn't like what's going on, he could be out. But they're not going to give a fuck by that. You know what I mean? Most people take their out clauses. So you're locked in. And all I'm saying is, I'm, I'm not exactly a medical expert here, but what, what was it? The extreme was what, like a month, month and a half ago? 
Yeah. You know, well, this man supposedly got his eye removed and he's already wrestling again. Yeah. And guys, I don't want to sound jaded. I enjoyed SummerSlam for what it was. I enjoyed the SmackDown before. I've been enjoying SmackDown lately. Raw's still a big problem, but I'm just seeing so many things that they, they're doing that it just seems like it doesn't, it's not to anyone's benefit. The Keith Lee debut reminds me of almost every other NXT person's debut. It was on a random Raw at a random time for a random reason. And now he's just there on the roster. And just like we were reluctant about how the other people were used, I'm reluctant about how he's going to be used. And you know what? There aren't very few, many cases in the recent history where our concern has been invalid. Because most of those people just wound up being part of the roster, being tossed into meaningless angles and mid-card storylines that have meant absolutely nothing. And we had a guy who was doing a whole lot of good where he was. And uh, they swapped him out. And it And just like I was afraid of, it was for the shock value. Because they yeah. didn't even have something planned for him, and they even and said on that, top of that they made a bunch of unnecessary changes. All I'm saying is, um, someone, somebody out there, tell me when Keith Lee has worn a shirt during his matches. I hear with the Roman thing, it was the same situation. The sheets are reporting that the Roman thing, it wasn't like they had a planned program. They just wanted the shock value of when he first shows up, and then they were going to write it as they go along. That needs to stop. People are legit getting screwed over in storylines and angles, and people are being people are starting to unplug from it. And that's one of the reasons in storyline writing that there's usually a big difference. There are two different kinds of writers, and we've talked about this on here before. They're the kind of writers who are talented at just literally being episodic. They take things as they go along. They have no predetermined path. But there are certain stories, depending on the structure, that do require you to have a beginning, middle, and an end, a first, second, and third act. And you need people who are good at doing both, and you need to be able to identify who those people are, you know, because... That's television suffers from that all the time. If you get somebody who has a really good story that they're a good episodic writer, they can keep coming up with shit for decades and it'll keep being good or it'll at least be be passable. You might get somebody who has written a book that you want to make that into a series. And that's different. The reason why it's so intriguing is because since there was already a predetermined structure, uh, they had a direction that they were going. And sometimes stories with directions can be more powerful. We've seen many cases of this. You see it with Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead and George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones and, uh, you know, you see it with the uh, the Potter series with J.K. Rowling. And then you see stuff like Akira Toriyama, you know, where he uh, essentially just makes it up as he goes along. Just whatever, whatever he can do this season. You know, you see it with a lot of television, episodic television. I'm sure Josh Whedon's had to do it. The problem here is that they're not good at either. They're not good at long-term storyline telling. And they're not good at the episodic stuff. But they're really bad with the episodic stuff. They're better to have some long-term booking which I know is difficult to do right now, but just throwing things together, nothing's working and people are just starting to not care. You know what the funny thing is? It's not easy, but it's damn sure not as hard as they try to make it seem. Not to this extent. Like this is, this has become kind of scary where, like I said, I'm seeing things where it just doesn't make any sense to me and where like the Keith Lee thing was a shoe. And like, like, like even, uh, Austin, when he first was brought up during that Brock Lesnar thing, said that they need to really push this guy. And now they sort of they brought him up there. So step one, correct. But no one's going to remember that debut. Remember the time that you showed up yeah. during the Randy Orton Drew McIntyre feud? No, I really don't. It's just a bunch of unnecessary changes. Put his music back. Take that fucking shirt off him and let him be Keith Lee. Yeah. Not that hard. Not that hard. But that being said, we do have a pay-per-view this upcoming Sunday guys and we never disappoint despite the fact that it's only been a week and you've spent the entire week and what is doing post shows we are going to be putting a poll for the matches that are there in the chat room right now and just like before uh matches will be added check periodically 
And when you do see the new matches that are added, just, uh, you just vote on those. You skip the ones that you already did and it'll keep track of your votes. Just keep track. I'll try to keep the timestamp as we get more matches, assuming that we do. I think by Friday, by SmackDown, they'll add a couple more. We got about four now. So not a bad number. I think there's about four, right? Yeah, about four. Let's see. Yeah, I did what I could. I had to put together this poll while the show was rolling because they really going into Raw. They didn't have all of this stuff ready. Otherwise, what do you mean here? Yeah, no, they they never have it. Just give me. I'm giving you guys a sec to get the poll up on your screens as well. Okay, <sighs> gonna get it up on our screen over here so that you can see it as well. Bear with me. Everybody got your polls. If, if you're listening to this on demand, uh, it'll be on the top of talkbrunch.com. Just give me some time. By the time you listen to this, it should be up there. If not, uh, look in the comments of this post on Facebook. As well as uh, Twitter. You'll find this on Twitter. Look just at the at TalkBrunch Twitter. It's already shared there. But most likely you could get it from the top of the website. And also usually it's shared on Facebook the day of. So keep, keep an eye out between now and when payback starts. I'll put You'll definitely tweets, get your chance. I'll put up tweets saying poll updated every now and then. So the best place to do is to always follow us on Twitter and the TalkBrunch.com. Those are our two main outlets. All right. So here we go. Payback poll, as you can see on the screen. The first match being Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. I'm going to say DQ no contest because Fractured Skull and all, Drew's going to show up. Because that makes sense. I hope you're waiting for me to say I'm joking because I'm really not. Like, I'm... No, I'm thinking myself. I would kind of like to okay. see Keith Lee go over and then Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee for the world title. Even though he just got here, there's not really much else you could do with him aside from him get stuck in mid-card obscurity. I don't want it to be DQ no contest, even though that makes sense. No, I think about it. It's more realistic. This is WWE. They're going to job him. He's going to have a really cool match. Get to do all this Keithley stuff. But because I'm supposed to be like, yeah, it's the legend killer in 2020. Keithley's catching an RK with a punt. All right. Well, they've already fucked him up enough as it is. What's the point in having him win at this point? I think it's important for him to win. And even though you might be right, I'm going to go for Keith Lee to go over and at least get a shot at Drew McIntyre, man. I have to have some faith in what I want, not what not with this company. Do. You guys can debate it when we have the percentages coming. United States Championship match. This is Apollo Crews defending his title now against Bobby Lashley. That's Apollo like, Crews, because I don't need beatdown clan 2.0 having any gold. What do you guys in the town think? What does everybody here think? Lashley can have the Raw on the ground title. Well, what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> Give them the zero roar on the ground title. Mm-hmm. Give them that one. I, I heard talk there might be one. Oh, God help us. Yeah, you can have that. Nobody will notice. I'd love to hear from the chairman. I know some of you guys are listening from bed or you're listening. You're going to be listening tomorrow. We're, we're nocturnal by nature. It's freaking two in the morning here. So I get it. And we're about to get off the air. I'm trying to make these shorter huh. just, just because we have so much content that I can't justify long shows anymore. I, I, I love how King Quest goes... Granny gonna punt him back to NXT. That'd be a good thing if he goes back to NXT because then we get his music back. Cruz should keep it. Cruz should definitely. Oh keep yeah, it. there's no logical reason for Cruz not to keep this. Yeah. Uh, is this the last match? No, we have two more here. Okay, so we got the women's yeah. tag team championship match that they just announced. We were just talking about how they decided to put Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax together. Uh, as Stace has pointed out, even though we have tons of not really tons, but there are other official women's tag teams that have been in line for essentially forever we just threw this team together and yeah people have been waiting for Shayna to get a main roster push and Nia Jax has been out of action for a while so these are two people you want to get into the mix quickly but what about the people that are there that have been actual tag teams that we've been focusing on every week 
Right? Like, I mean, freaking Oscar's Raw Women's Champion. You could literally give us the two most dominant NXT Women's Champions in that company, in that brand's history, head to head. Nah, we're just gonna throw over Nia Jax. What are we? So, what are we doing? What do you think is happening here? The, the, the actual tag team's walking away with this. Like, can you imagine? You know what the sad part is? It wouldn't surprise me. They could have I know exactly where you're going. They, they already planted the seeds of them having a miscommunication in this match. All it takes is one slip up, especially against a team like this, and they can fucking lose it all. And then, you know, that's something they might be doing here, man. It might be they're going to cost each other the tag titles, and then the one title that's left, Sasha's going to want to face Bailey for. Oh, God. You know what the sad part about it is? I literally, I, I am going to vote for Sasha and Bailey, but I wouldn't even be surprised if for some reason they're like, okay. Baylor and Jax are getting it. That's how we're finishing this thing off. For the sake, for the sake of having a difference of opinion, I'm going the opposite direction. That might be why they released that documentary on the two of them again. Not so much because they needed it, but to tug at the heartstrings. They have more video, more stock video footage of them when they do go back to them breaking up and stuff. All that footage of them talking about how much they love and need each other and shit is going to come beautifully into play. That might have been time specifically to further an angle, which they've been trying with like, the hot, cold, hot, cold Bailey Sasha feud now for almost five years. I'd like them to stay together. And I feel like yeah. a team like this at this point, they've, they become so iconic, no pun intended, that uh, even if you broke them up, people would be waiting for the inevitable day that they get back together. Right. <laughs> but I think they're going to feud them. And this is the last thing. Yes, this is the last thing. So now we have the No Holds Bar Triple Threat Universal title match. The, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defending against Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Fiend just got his belt back. Roman and his perfect teeth don't need it just yet. Yeah, they can't keep playing hot potato with these titles. Have Roman be a hell of a presence, yeah. But stop fucking with Bray in this belt. Do it or don't. It's not that hard. Roman Roman having it would be, even though writing it would be sloppy for it to happen at Payback, Roman having it right now would be convenient just because it's been in such obscurity that they need a guy like Roman to really have it. But I just don't know if a week's notice is the time to build up Roman returning and getting the championship. But everything's done in such a rush, you know? Like At this point, that belt's so damaged, it's not going to matter if Roman gets it. It's just going to be Roman with the shitty Universal title. I feel bad for Bray that he has to carry that thing around instead of the credible championship on the other show. It would suck if the two of these two, these two guys have been just keeping it warm for Roman to come in and take it. But that would be that's exactly what they would do. I'm gonna go with the fiend just because it's yeah. been, there's been too many touch and go. Even as regular Bray Wyatt, I believe he had a touch and go world title run. This is too many. Three yeah. in a row, underwhelming, no good. All right, guys. So there it is. Those are the votes. As you see, you scroll to the bottom, you hit finish. Again, the new ones I'm gonna put on the top. So if you ever come back to this page, which you you can click this and where it says WWE Payback on our website when you see that box you can click that to take you to a separate page this separate page to vote and it'll also be embedded if you scroll a little bit lower where you don't even have to leave our page and you can vote that way so do that you hit the finish at the bottom and before you know it you're done so I'm gonna pull my vote in don't forget of course this upcoming Sunday we will be in the chat room throughout the entire pay-per-view starting from the kickoff we officially open the chat room if you've never been in our chat room before there's we're a small intimate community but we invite everyone you can just talk in the chat uh amongst us as we just comment about the matches as we watch them and then that leads into a post show when the pay-per-view goes off the air we'll come on the air and uh 
We'll talk about everything. We'll take callers, too. You don't have to stay on the air, but if anybody wants to call, DM us on Twitter, at Rick Darriman, uh, Rick without a K, similar to Ric Flair, at Rick Darriman, uh, at Soul Glow Frazier, and just DM us if you want to get on the uh, the call for that stuff, because we will be here uh, doing the wonderful pay-per-view post show, right? Yeah. <laughs> you sound so excited about it. Oh, you have no idea. It's like it, 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 I, I'm more excited to get my wisdom teeth pulled out with no Novocaine. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for being here. And don't forget, guys, we have other content on this channel throughout the week. It may not always be wrestling related, but we could use the help of our core community. If you have any time to spare and you just want to come in and say hi while we're doing game streams or other events, or if you even have suggestions of games you would like to see streamed, retro or present, or events you'd like to get involved in, you can contact us. Our DMs are open to everyone. We're going to be expanding things pretty soon here uh, across the board, and we already have some plans in motion, so I don't want to leave anybody out of that as that starts to happen. So, again, if you're catching the end of this, it'll be on demand at twitch.tv slash talkbrunch. Immediately scroll to the bottom. You'll get the visuals there as well as across iTunes and everywhere else. Thank you, Stasis Dreams, Willie B2, Kula Ice, Uncle Louie TV, EB Gamer, Casino, Say a Man. Thank you for the host. George Z, Mark in Detroit, King Quest, and of course, all you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, across all various platforms. Again, guys, we got a lot of other content here. If you're not sure when we're going to go on the air, we usually try to keep open communications via our Twitter uh, channel, so don't forget to just look at those, and we'll give you an idea of the different things that we're going to be doing. Uh, Wednesday's the Party Game Zone, or whatever else we decide to put on that stream, and then Sunday we got the pay-per-view. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 403, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Hunt a, hunt a, ha! Shut it down.